Coming to you from our quarantine bunkers deep in the flyover states, we're reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion 2020. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast. Hello and welcome here to another episode of the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast. This one is episode 231. I'm DP. And I'm Tony G. DP this week for the people. We went, uh, well, not that far back at all. We went back a few weeks, a day. Um, <laughs> New Japan Dominion 2020, Osaka Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the most recent big show they they're always running but you know and also in front of fans so it was kind of interesting to see mm-hmm. you know what that looked like and how that was done and you know it looked like it was really well done from you know a bird's eye view anyway this we we continue our our long con not long con but long play of uh whereas like a lot of the other shows we like to time hop and jump back this time we record it when it happened and then in the future when people listen back then it'll be a time machine sure. that they can come back and check out. But yeah, uh, the current world point. of New Japan here is we're finally back with some fans in the arena. Uh, the New J- Japan Cup tournament that was just kind of thrown together has, has completed, and it's time to see what happens at the end of that one. So uh, it's Dominion 2020, like you said, uh, but the reason that we're talking about it is because this is a Wrestling Review podcast. Each week, Tony and I get together, we discuss a wrestling event that we agreed to watch the previous week. It's kind of like the Oprah's Book Club, but for wrestling nerds, if you need any information about the show, if you want some links, you can check out our website, goldenagepodcast.com. And if you want to send us an email, you can do so. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. If you've got a request that you'd like to hear, send us an email to goldenagegrappling at gmail.com. Absolutely, yes. Please. Do that. Engage. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We always uh, appreciate it. Uh, had a listener actually reach out on Facebook and uh, you know recommend a uh, channel that oh, really? played old wrestling. So that was nice. very nice of them. Always you know appreciate reaching out. Yeah, link from uh, yeah Jim. Yeah, Jim. Thank you very much for your recommendation. So I was always appreciate that. Always uh, interested to find old wrestling anywhere we can find it. So thank you and. Is that Feel a YouTube free to reach channel? Out with any kind of requests. Is that a YouTube channel? Um, no, it was a Facebook group, I think. Oh, okay. Sharing like videos. So, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Well, then I I don't feel as bad that you didn't pass it along to me. I was gonna be I was gonna be betrayed if if I didn't get the the pass along from a YouTube <laughs> channel here. I was, but right. I don't even have a Facebook account. So okay, that that makes sense. Um, right. So yeah, thank you for that, then Jim. And hopefully you're enjoying the show. Uh, so that brings us to the world of wrestling. Well, not to the world of wrestling. Real quick, before we get into the world of wrestling, Tony, how have you been? How's how's your life going? Are you staying safe? Or are you, you still healthy at this point? Yeah, you know, um, everything's I've been blessed and everything's been good. And everyone I know has been have, good for the most part. So. Have our states officially like switched places at this point? Uh, is, has Ohio decided to to mess up enough now that uh that we're no longer the the group that everyone's talking about um i don't know indiana because now it seems like off. everything's just going okay in, in indiana indiana's just pausing okay. because because everybody else like ours are the numbers aren't the numbers are going up slightly here but you know obviously in other places they're going up yeah crazy yeah it's kind of put a hold on everything around here and then you know the latest kind of news corporations are as you've seen are going to be requiring masks so that's yeah. 
taking some of the pressure off of the states and counties and cities and that kind of, you know, the leadership in those places because, you know, doesn't matter what your city or your county says. <laughs> if you want to go to this place, you got to wear a mask. So, yeah. And that's a good thing. I, I agree that it's a good thing. It's, uh, I, I don't necessarily, like, it, it scares me a little bit just because of the, the, uh, the inner nerd in me and, and the, you know, being a big Fallout fan and a big fan of these, uh, outer worlds and all those games. Right. It's like the, the rise of corporations to taking over responsibility for the government. <laughs> it seems a little strange, but okay. At least hopefully right. they're helping. Hopefully it's helping. It's just predictable. That's what you can say. All these, you know, movies and books and Very all true. these things that have been predicting that, you know, it wasn't uh, that hard to see coming, then, I guess. And then COVID came and we became the United States of Walmart. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so the quarantine's continuing here. I'm back to working from home this week. Got one more week at home. Might be back in the office after that. Everything's so fluid at this point that we'll we'll see what happens in the future. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I hope you're all staying safe out there and uh, yeah, not having to deal with any of this. Definitely. So that brings us now to the world of wrestling, where we're going to stick nearby where our main review is going to be. We're not doing a whole lot of time hopping here, but let's get a taste of the now with the Sid Vicious Dishes. Yeah, with that board, with this look on my face, it was something that was given to me because of people like you. See, he's going to stereotype me. It's the big dumb guy. And I have half the brain that you do. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. All right, Tony, what do we got this week? DP, all those Land of Misfit toys who lost their jobs months ago from WWE. Mm-hmm. The expiration date was this past weekend for all of their non-competes. Oh, yeah. And forgot about that. Impact, Impact Wrestling, let's just say they took advantage of that. The We're, we're checking <laughs> no. in with our friends from the north nowadays, as they are a Canadian-based company. As it's a Slammiversary, okay. 2020, the show was actually uh, was from Nashville, but in front of nobody, so I don't know why they necessarily went to Nashville to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was the show that, you know, we had touched on some of the lead-up to this. Uh, Tessa Blanchard was originally supposed to be defending the Impact you know, Heavyweight Championship in a fatal four or five-way, whatever it was, and uh, then she got fired, so, you know, yeah. pivot. Uh, thought they were going to lose Moose. Before they got this show in, they haven't necessarily addressed any more on that. I don't okay. know. If, uh, you saw he released he show he released a video on Twitter of hey our you know our, all of us you know getting our work in and it was he was there Ricochet was there and yeah, Casey yeah, Cat yeah. was there and they were at Chase and Rance's uh, school in Florida. Ah, uh, yeah. He's a convicted uh, person like, that has sex with children. And so. something that like fairly known for like a while now at this point, right? Yeah, yeah by uh, by pretty much everyone. Because it seemed like everyone. he had been kind of, you know, yeah, shunned at this point, but apparently... So, yeah. We're, we're he, just friends off social media. We'll just... Yeah, and then his defense, we hang out, he we'll tried to be pictures. like, 
why can't y'all just see the positive? I was just posting a video of my friends, you know, doing work. It's like, yeah, but you're doing it at a, you know, a school yeah. run by a sex offender, yeah. registered sex offender, you know, convicted. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little anyway, up. So that was bad. I've I can only imagine what Ricochet's thought about that. What an idiot! I so yeah, nothing really's come of all that too much. So he. You know, seems to have maybe dodged a bullet, but now, anyway, the show would go on. Because also, we also touched on earlier, I think a little bit when they released their their ad for Slammiversary, where they teased everyone that was not a oh, yeah. no, no compete. Like they teased yeah. almost everybody. So I'm very curious how many of these people oh, you're saying that took advantage so of. That's what's so fun. Like you watch that video, <laughs> you're like oh man, they're really trying to like make it vague, and it could be anybody. And they're like, oh no, it's. Pretty much everybody they referenced in the video for the <laughs> Slammiversary. Uh, no, anyway, so, yeah, 20, you know, Slammiversary 2020 really kicked off with a cool moment. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns reunited Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Oh, shit. Defeated the Rascals. They answered the Rascals' open challenge and defeated Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier. And, you know, overall outstanding tag team match for everything I heard and what little I saw. So, cool beams there. Alex Shelley's reunited the Motor City Machine Guns and the Time Splitters in two different companies in, you know, one year. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that is pretty yeah, cool. And, and it kind of seems I like they're going to be around. They've already been advertised for the next episode of Impact where they're going to challenge for the tag team championships. So uh, so those were two guys that it always felt like, you know, because haven't they both retired and unretired at this point now? Oh, they've flipped and flopped a little bit. <laughs> Shelly, like, went and got a real job, and, like, so there was that part of it. Okay. Yeah. They're both kind of full-time at this point. Well, nobody is right now, but yeah, yeah, they yeah. would be. Could be. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So, and yeah, good Shelley, to see them back and yeah. at least being healthy here, because that was, that was the problem with the late-stage Motor City Machine Guns, was it just kind of one would be injured, the other guy wouldn't, so... Typically, Alex Shelley. Um, yeah, so good to see those guys <laughs> back. I'm sure that had to be a really cool moment for Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier. Um, as you know, you watch those guys wrestle, and it's like, listen, I don't know if those are your inspiration, yeah. but you know, you had to certainly have been fans of some level. Did they play the classic Motor City song from TNA? I don't know. I haven't gotten to see uh, the entrance. I would hope so. The Motor City. Dude, every time that I work from home, that song gets stuck in my head because for some reason, like the first day, I'd watch some TNA stuff. And that song was in my head, and every time that I type the word weather sponsor, I get weather sponsors, and then like the song starts playing in my head. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the, as for mentioned, Moose beat Tommy Dreamer. I'm sure it was a great match. Um, <laughs> Kylie Ray, that ray of sunshine she is, won the gauntlet for the gold match. She's the number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. Um, she last eliminated Taya Valkyrie. Uh, match also included Alicia Edwards, Jessica Havoc, uh, Katie Forbes, Kiara Hogan, Kimberly, Nevaeh, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, the former Sue Young, and Tasha Steeles. So nice, you know, really solid division. Um, you know, Kylie Ray gets the number one contenders shot here. We'll get to the title match in a moment. Uh, Chris Bay, one of the hottest you know free agents of the last few months or so. Impact was fortunate enough to scoop up his talents. He uh, beat Willie Mack and is the new X-Division champion, so that was cool to see. Uh, the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, who have had a year-long reign or so, I mean, it's lengthy at this point, defended their Impact Tag Team titles, beating Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. Um, 
<laughs> fucking Shamrock is still wrestling. See, this is the problem <laughs> whenever I don't talk about Impact at all. And I just drop a name like Ken Shamrock, and you're like, what? It's like, what you don't even realize is this man has been regularly has been wrestling regularly for this company for the oh last my few God. months. Not wow. about regularly, but he's been involved in like storylines and you know things I on mean, television. We just watched him in 1998 and and Owen Hart's right. basement. And I should have I, yeah, you're right. I did, I should have mentioned his uh, resurgence here in 2020. So. Still though, that's amazing. He looks good. The first TNA champion. Oh wow! The company, you know. Nice. Uh, yeah. So as I mentioned, that Impact Knockouts Championship match, Diana Perazzo. Would win by submission, defeating the champion Jordan Grace. And, oh wow! Uh, really good, you know. Deb- I mean, listen, you can't do too much of that because it stops being effective after a while. But that's how you debut somebody, you know. Like, <laughs> hey, here's this big hot free agent we brought in, and yeah. then they win like that. <laughs> not looking at you, AEW. I'm just kind of looking at you a little bit out of the side of my eye. So like, now it's know. Kylie Ray versus Deanna Parazzo. Then that would probably be. You know, maybe the next pay-per-view or whatever. But, yeah, that, that, that'd be the next title match, I'd imagine. Okay. So, yeah, good stuff there. And two of the newest members of the roster. So Yeah. You're going to make a big deal about bringing them in. Make a big deal about them. So, good to see. Makes sense. So, good for Deanna Parazzo, you know, who had a bit of a rough first half of the year. with You know, kind of a, you know, you make it to into NXT, into WWE, and you kind of think things are going one way, and then the rug kind of gets pulled out from underneath you. And, you know, good to Was see her. Was she there a while? Land. Is that what? When why they kind of let her go or was it? I never really saw. Like she did some interview recently. I don't think she was too specific about. Okay. Just kind of felt like it was one of those deals where they weren't. They don't have like hey, anything for you. Was she just and part they, of that big batch of of releases? Then she was. Yeah, she okay. actually was. I forgot. You're right. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Anyway, so she wins. Good for her. And then the main event, something that should have happened a long time ago. I mean, I know he's been the champion, but such a work where Eddie Edwards won the fatal five-way elimination match for the vacant Impact Championship, um, defeating Ace Austin and Trey Miguel, who were in scheduled for the match. And then the two mystery members of this match were Rich Swan and Eric Young. Oh, nice. Nice. So that was That's the return cool. there. And then kind of a bit of a post-credit scene situation with EC3 showing up. and Oh, really? Like, yeah, he's back in Impact. So Nice. So you had EC3, Eric Young, Rich Swan, um, Gallows and Anderson have both signed with Impact. They did made they that show up or did they just announce that they had signed? I think they just announced they they announced that before the show. So that was oh, like okay. something they kind of they got out there before the show even happened. So, oh, and Heath Slater. Duh, I should probably mention the fact that Heath Slater showed up and attacked Hakeem Zayn or whatever. Wow, I'm here in Impact. <laughs> so yeah, so you got the Good Brothers. You got Heath Slater. You got Eric Young. I don't really know if I count Rich Swan because he kind of he'd been with the company. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the thing is there's there's always a place generally for people that are coming away from WWE that where where there's some company that's going to be producing something that needs yeah. you. But just with the COVID issue, there you know, you kind of wondered who would be producing television yep. still. So since Impact is producing things, it makes sense that they just like yeah grab all of them. It's one of those things where and listen, I'm never I'm not now, criticizing. Rusev was not. No Rusev. Okay, because that was the big one that they teased that everyone was. I was the most curious about. I mean, you know, that could still happen. Zack Ryder and Rusev could show up on Tuesday, and then we'd have the main event roster from the last year and a half from (laughs) WWE. 
it's one of those things where it's like, I'm glad, I'm always glad to see people get jobs and be employed and like be able to continue to do what they're doing and to have some level of exposure to do it. But this is very like, what, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a lot of people all at once. Yeah. And you have actually done a pretty good job, Impact, of developing a roster of people who are kind of homegrown, you know, yeah. like, indie know darlings much- to, to impact homegrown kind of situations. They they also had kind of developed an, uh, at least online the reputation of being the place where problematic people get to have their jobs and continue well, to have jobs. Yes, based yeah. you know on, on all kinds of different various rumors from various people. Right. But I wonder if this is just a, a desperation move. They're like, look, we, we have built a decent storylines. We've had characters that people care about, but people still aren't really paying attention. Maybe yeah, they're just but- like, well, we need to bring in. New and there's no something. way there's no way to say this without sounding shitty. But are you watching Impact cuz no. Heath Slater works there now? <laughs> no, but if if there's some sort of like I don't know, if there was some sort of storyline around one of those people that was really interesting right. and intriguing, sure. I might tune in, but you know, it doesn't sound yeah. like they're like, you know, joining a faction or starting some sort of invading force or anything like that that's really going to like get your attention be like, "Oh, well, what's this?" you know. Nope. Modern day New World Order is going to be Heath Slater, yes, the Good Brothers, yes, you know Eric Young. Why not? I mean, EC3. The Good Brothers are about to go be in the other version of the old New World Order and Bullet Club, so it's like, why not yeah. go ahead and start a version here? Yeah, Gallows and Anderson. I I do wonder if and uh, like the ability to be able to work in New Japan. I wonder if that's on the table for. From what I'd heard, that was probably going to be the case, but I don't know. Oh. And the way that at least the announcers for New Japan on this show tonight mentioned right. them openly, I thought made it feel like there probably is going to be happening. But that's true. Good point. But yeah, so on top. But you know, all that aside, good job, Eddie Edwards. Yeah. Sorry, I you forgot were, to. <laughs> you were always the non douchey American wolf that everyone actually <laughs> loves and does nice things about. So good for you. Oh, definitely. So yeah, so Impact uh, continues on, and I'm sure we'll talk about him again next year at Slammiversary. See <laughs> you at Slammiversary 2021, Impact. <laughs> oh, so that brings us to the world of wrestling uh, today as well, about a week ago. Um, it's for the benefit of those listening to the podcast, not this week. Um, I've got four things to bring you back to July of 2020. Four! Four! The Four Things Time Capsule. The Four Things are... Number one, on July 1st, Europe opens its borders to 15 safe countries after months of lockdown, excluding the United States, Brazil, and Russia. Uh. Also that same day, in related news, America confirmed more than 50,000 new coronavirus cases in one day for the first time. Uh, Continue to do that after that. Uh, Australian state of Melbourne reimposes coronavirus lockdown on 36 Melbourne suburbs, affecting 300,000 people as well. So the virus continues to uh, run its course. We're uh, kind of in the middle of it, so it'll be interesting looking back, I guess, at this time, but... Right now, it just I, feels like something that I'm tired of talking about, but it, it's pretty timely, and it seems like it needed to be mentioned. I think the Prime Minister of New Zealand should run for president of this country on of like the, a third-party bill. President of the world. We're going to nominate New Zealand's government to just run the entire world from now on. Have you, have you seen this lady? Have you seen what she's oh, done? No. It seems great. 
She is. I think. I think I'm gonna endorse her as a third party candidate for president. I'd, I mean, that'd be fine. Um, that'd be fine. Uh, but in all reality, don't vote third party this year. It's a it's a wasted vote. Uh, number two. Uh, now in the world of sports, which are also very weird at this time. On one hand, everything's affecting it. On the other hand, nothing affects sports because on July sixth, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes wow. agreed to the largest contract for an athlete in sports history, inking twelve years at five hundred and three million dollars. Yeah. Um that's that is what it is. He seems great. And at least he won a Super Bowl before you paid him all that money. Like that's amazing. Better than most of but what I have to say is my mother's reaction to that. Mm. I told her that story. I was like, yeah, you know, just talking about random things. Like, do you see that money that Patrick Mahomes got? And she's like, what? Don't they have more important things to think about right now with, you know, the name change and the alley? I was like, he doesn't, he doesn't play for the Redskins, mom. Like, he, Two different teams, but close. Same yeah, colors. Close. close. Like both, you know, probably changing their names within the next five years. Um <laughs> It was just funny. Like she was completely just like, "How could they think about paying their quarterback right now?" I was like, "No, that's a different team, mom." <laughs> but then she like, brought that around later when she was just like, "Oh, what about a team like the Chiefs?" I was like, "No, that's uh, yeah. it's it's in play." I, I I think right now, if you have anything relate, your name's related to Native American heritage in any way, you're probably under this microscope right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because even Cleveland Indians are, are definitely one of those groups that keeps it, nothing's happening. But every time that any any other team changes their name, they're like, and the Indians are our next up, and we're like, well, they didn't say they were doing anything, but okay. Um, yeah. Number so, yeah. three, the movie industry has all but shut down with little to no theaters open and having showings. So in the world of wrestling, uh, the WWE has continued toward Extreme Rules Horror Show. That's actually happening as we're recording right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's definitely you know the, the 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 big build that they've been doing over the last few uh, weeks. I actually thought it was on last week. Um, it was almost like a theme where you felt like maybe it was going to be all cinematic matches. Yeah, I was even thinking one time they stopped short of that. As I can report to this point, there have been no cinematic matches. <laughs> um, the two that you would expect haven't happened yet. So okay, uh, yeah. So we got the horror show. We've got the swamp match. DP, what do you what do you just like? Swamp match. You haven't seen it. What do you envision oh. that looking like? Well, I mean, uh, now that because they did the same thing with boneyard match, they're like, "Here's a word you've never heard in wrestling." That's so I feel like that might be kind of the the way that they're signifying that it is something that is cinematic. But like, are they going to be? I, I fully they, expect them to be in a swamp of some form. Like, are they going to be like waist deep, like? Rustling through the water, like trying to quickly I, get to one another, like up to their waist in water. If if Braun Strowman doesn't rise out of moss and look like right. the Swamp Thing at some point in this, we riot. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> stuff there. Yeah, I. So yeah, that's gonna be what it's gonna be heavily cinematic, like you said. Boneyard match in a swamp, probably. It's gonna be darkly lit. There'll probably be some bells and whistles. They'll. Pull out maybe, a creepy surprise. Maybe some multiple dimensions with the history of these two, a la the the funhouse match. Depending on yeah. what happens with the the Bray character. Yeah, Randy Orton will probably burn the place down before it's all set. <laughs> so yeah, so that'll be interesting. And then the other one that we've talked about in the buildup over the last few weeks is the eye for the eye, eye for an eye match. Yeah, I think they call it that. Uh, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, someone's losing an eye. 
Uh, Rey Mysterio already only has one eye, so it's not looking good for him if he loses this match. <laughs> well, yeah, the, they've, they've literally told us in, in these exact words that someone has to have an eye removed before the match can end, so. I don't know how you I mean, book yourself into a you corner can't like that. Lose your eye and put it back in. I mean, this is possible. I just, I can't imagine either one of these guys <laughs> would sign up for that. Oh, so in the other in the other exactly. shows, we're, we're, go ahead. No, so yeah, like we're just gonna scoop it out with a spoon. It'll be fine. I guess. Yeah. So we'll see how that ends up turning out. Also, uh, NXT just had their Great American Bash weeks with a fantastic match between Adam Cole and Keith Lee, kind of culminating all of that. AEW had. Two great shows in a row and then named a third one because they had to have a title match on it, but a lot of fun on that. We talked in depth about that in the post show. Yeah, um, absolutely. So check all that out. But uh, that's where the world of wrestling is. Uh, now number four, at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 charts, is a song that I had no idea existed. I've never heard this. I've never heard even a note from this song. Somehow it's had massive staying power. It's been on the chart for 12 weeks. It's in its fifth week at number one, Tony. And it was the biggest airplay gainer in its fifth week. So it is just getting bigger. Um, Do you know who DaBaby and Roddy Rich are, Tony? (laughs) I I have no idea what either one of those (laughs) names are. This song is called Rockstar. Apparently, America is loving it right now. I, I just didn't realize it was happening. Let's go. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. Put a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Have you ever met a real nigga rockstar? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. My clock told me to promise you gon' squeeze it's i mean it's, it's just a rap song but it's like the yeah. the per- first part you heard that was the chorus cuz that part comes back again <laughs> Hmm. Um, so, it just, it yeah. wasn't, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't feel like that. I like a lot of rap music that I just couldn't find the catchiness to this one. I don't know how it's stick. I don't know what the staying power is at this point. I'm sure. Yeah. What it's related to or something. Maybe yeah, the music video is really good. I watched the lyric video when I did this so I could record it. So it doesn't have all the extra stuff. It looked like oh, it was I a very it. cinematic music video. So maybe it's just like a thriller effect of some sort. <laughs> okay. Not so, sure. Yeah. All right. There you go. Number one in the country. Yeah. The baby and. Roddy Rich, uh, rock star. So that brings us now to the events of July 12th of 2020, when 3,898 people entered and distanced themselves from one another in Osaka Joe Hall for a weekend of New Japan's return to having fans in the arena. The night before, they had had the New Japan Cup Finals, which featured the earth-shattering uh, evil turn on Naito at the very end, joining Bullet Club which I'm sure we'll discuss more in detail as as the show goes on. but uh, well, And also defeating Okada yes. in the final match of the New Japan Cup. Yes, defeating Okada with the help from the Bullet Club. Uh, the curiosity being, you know, as the match was going, was it just Gato's you know, vengeance against Okada, or was it something to do with evil? Turns out right. it was something to do with evil. Um, yeah, so 
that's kind of it was a great tournament. They they mixed everything up this year. They put heavyweights, you know, yeah. junior heavyweights in there, like all kinds of, of guys in this match or in this uh this tournament here. And it's a single elimination. It's very March Madness style, but it was delayed from when it you originally right. would have happened. Uh right. but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um we've I talked about in them further in depth earlier on, but if you are looking for great matches that were in the tournament, Shingo and Show from the first uh week and Nagata and Minoru Suzuki were two fantastic matches that I fully recommend. Absolutely, yeah. And I think they're even brought up on the over the course of this show by the commentary team of being great matches. So, <laughs> so yeah, that brings us now to the start of this show, Tony, unless you've got anything else before we uh, jump in. Um, no, I mean, they, you know, no, absolutely. They um, have a promotion at the beginning of the show. looks like they're talking about the masks and the social distancing. And, you know, it looked like it was a, a lengthy video for the fans in attendance talking about the importance of all that. Um, yeah. Then we kind of get the uh, show open package highlighting uh, many of the things you mentioned already. The tension between Evil and Naito. Uh, show and Shingo. They'll be going head-to-head tonight. That feud is highlighted. <laughs> um, background on the IWGP tag team title match. Yeah. As we see Bushi and Tanahashi winning the belts from the Gorillas of Destiny. So that's a that's fresh. That's a, yeah. a fresh win there. Well, and then uh, Suddenly, there's a near tears Tanahashi. Like I was like, man, what did what did Suzuki Goon do to him, man? Like he was like not happy after that match. Yeah, you really wanted to be the tag team champion with Ibushi, okay? He, it's emotional for him, I guess. Uh, but we see, they see they, we see the team of the Dangerous Techers. Taichi and Zack Saber Jr. have been in the hunt. Taichi beating both men in singles matches. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So. Good stuff there. And then back to the uh, main event to close things up as we see Evil and Naito. Evil defeats Okada. Naito came out to congratulate his LIJ friend, but he gave him the too sweet to the fist I, and joined the Bullet Club. I thought they did a great job with the video, like really like showing, you know, the, the hand g- gestures and like the. The shots of like evil like beforehand. When we get the actual hype video later on, like evil looks unstoppable going into the main event with the way that they produced the video. Like, I thought they did a really good job with this. No, no, it's all really well done. I mean, it tells the story and it paints the picture very well, and you know, makes evil look like a pretty tough guy. I mean, we'll talk more about it as the show goes on, though. Yes, but as is, is usual, the you know the opening video completely in Japanese. Sometimes it has. Uh, captions and all those captions are never in English. They're always in other Japanese languages. So thanks guys for looking out for us. English language folks. We'll wait for Kevin Kelly to finally introduce after the video ends. We'll learn how to read that style of Japanese and you won't have to worry. <laughs> there about you it. go. That's what I need to do. Uh, so yeah, Kevin Kelly welcomes us to Osaka Joe hall with, uh, we see wide shots where you can kind of see how the fans are spaced out in the near nearest to the, the ring. They're not as spaced out. It's just like every other seat. But in, like, the upper stands, it's, like, three spaces between each seat. Like, you really would have plenty of room up there. And I was like, man, like, I now if, like, the NHL or something like that has that kind of layout, like, I would be fairly comfortable going to, <laughs> to something. I, I don't want it to go. I Can we keep it that way? Like oh. Seriously, yeah. Imagine going to a wrestling show and having, like, three seats empty next to you. Oh, oh. that would be such a dream. It would be fantastic, yeah, because everybody with all their merch and all their snacks yeah, and everything is as opposed to that sardine in a can kind of feel you usually have. Yes, yep. So, uh, yeah, that brings us right to match number one, as is tradition with New Japan. We just kind of go right into things. There's no like WWE Raw 
talking segment here to get things going. It's just our first multi-man match. Oh, man, this one's Ryusuke Taguchi, Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima without Tenzan because Tenzan's got another program going on now. Um, battling the L.A. Dojo representative Gabriel Kidd with Great Bash Heel, Tomoaki Hanma, and Togi Makabe, Tony's favorite tag team. I, I have to tell you, when this was, like, rolling out, I was just like, my God, this is <laughs> almost worst case. But then I got to tell you that um, I was actually fairly impressed with the matchup, and it wasn't that bad. So No, the, uh, by the end of the last little, like, the very last run of, of right. Yuji Nagata and Gabriel Kidd is fantastic. Like, I really well, loved I, that stuff. But anyways. I love the story about how Gabriel Kidd is basically fallen into this, like, prime position of being in the new japan cup and mm-hmm. you know, shows like because he just got stuck in japan <laughs> because of covid yeah like i mean it's not gotcha. saying he's not talented and doesn't deserve it yeah but it's there's a lot of uh you know so circumstances that kind of lead an la dojo representative that's been living in like the new japan dojo for now that's yeah. interesting yeah so hmm. i'm sure all those other guys are like son of a Bitch, you know, <laughs> Alex yeah, Rocky Romero joins uh, Mr. Kevin Kelly on commentary, and it's clear that they are together, but they're not here at right. the show. So that's the way they're doing the English commentary, obviously, with the way that everything's going on. They're probably not going to fly them over just to sit and talk in a room. So makes no. sense. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's not really that bad. It's only noticeable occasionally. So Yes, yep. But good lord, Yuji Nagata, chill with the cupping, dude. Like, what is that? That man's back looked like a leopard when he got he took that shirt off. I was like, oh my goodness! Like, he looks like the you know Ryan Reynolds Deadpool without the suit on. Right? No, <laughs> you're not wrong. It is. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like how aggressive that whole like thing is supposed to be. Yes. Like, are you a, are you doing are you doing more than you're supposed to, Yuji? Like, it seems. <laughs> Too much, but yeah, no, I, I did home that kit. as well. I got a home kit. I can just do it at home now. So, <laughs> <laughs> just laying in a bed of cups like that. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, Raisuke Taguchi and Gabriel Kidd start the action. Uh, we Taguchi gets a rope break after some impressive, uh, you know, exchanging of holds, wrestling around a little bit. Uh, kid with a wrist lock takes Taguchi down, um, and then Halma and Satoshi Kojima are in. Uh, side headlock from Kojima, and then they start bouncing off each other. You know the, oh, oh, you know, like nobody, <laughs> nobody can drop the other one thing. You only see it a couple uh, hundred times tonight. Is that? Uh, I don't want to skip it. Yeah, because it's bev- so. You, is this Hanma and Kojima in the match right now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right when they tag in, that first Kojima and Nagata double shoulder block was bad. Like, oh, yeah. Some of these guys are really good at times, but man, that one, like, nobody was on the mark. Like, everyone was just, like, off a little bit, and it was very old manish, and it just was not a good double shoulder block. No, no, it wasn't. You're right. Uh, Homa eventually goes down after a shoulder tackle. Um, he drops Kojima, though, but misses the headbutt. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, that's so much fun every time when he winds <laughs> up and doesn't hit that headbutt. Rocky Romero's heart breaks oh. a little bit. Yeah, they get the uh, the machine gun chops going in the corner with Kojima starts them, but before he can even get to the the shouting part of his his yeah. thing, uh, Hanma turns the t- the tide and does his own machine gun chops. But they're like 
a little bit slower, but the crowd is clapping along with them. And yeah. so Rocky's kind of commenting on the crowd here a little bit. Uh, but it's just interesting that, cause, you know, they, that promo at the beginning you were talking about was explaining at least to the crowd that, you know, you're not supposed to shout and scream and make noise right. with your mouth because that's droplets. So sure. it's a lot of clapping and stomping is what they're encouraging the crowd to do. And so the crowd does a lot of just like, rhythmic clapping whenever they get into uh, some emotional points of the, the show, but here's kind of the first one. Hone was going to respond with some machine gun chops of his own. High caliber offense there. Listen to the crowd. <laughs> I love it. God, I miss this. I know. It's such a sound with fans in the building. It's It's almost creating a, a new kind of ambiance, right? A little yes. different than what we're used to, but I'm digging it. Fans ask, you know, for a translation of that, Ron. Mm -hmm. Come on, say it. <laughs> I don't think I can. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad word. Yeah, I like that uh, quite a bit. It's a, it's a cool effect, actually. Something that might stick around, at, you know, after all this stuff, clapping along with chops like that. It's, it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I also liked Rocky and Kevin having the discussion about how much Rocky makes per chop when someone else does the machine gun chops in the corner. <laughs> eight cents a chop or something like that. So Nice. Nice. Um, Kojima does get his shit in eventually. Catchphrase oh, yeah. and all. Um, then hits an elbow drop, and in comes the funky weapon, Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, Hanma, though, catches him with a DDT, but again, misses the headbutt. Yeah. Taguchi, though, tries to fire back with the one of his own, tries for the Kokeshi. His misses as well. Then Hanma counters and hits it. He hits the Kokeshi. Yeah. And here comes Togi Makabe with the hot tag. Ten punches and Northern Lights suplex for a two count. Yeah. Uh, I know Tony's not a fan of Togi Makabe whatsoever here. Um, Taguchi. I, go ahead. I, there, there's some guys that, like, you know, upon first looks, especially since, you know, we've I've only really been paying attention since, like, I don't know, 2015 or yeah. so. And so, just first impressions of Togi Makabe was like, what? Former world champion? Like, I just, <laughs> I've never really come around. There's other guys that, like, I was, like, Tomohiro Ishii and others. I was like, this yeah. guy. Or and Captain like, New oh Japan. Makabe, I just, I've, I've never come around <laughs> on. I just can't. Well, the Northern Lights suplex is pretty nice. Uh, he gets a two count, but of course he's in there with Ryusuke Taguchi, who's fantastic. Uh, Taguchi hits a hip attack, tags in Blue Justice. And uh, we get an exploder suplex, but Makabe fires back with a clothesline, and both men are down. The heels triple team Nagata. We get a Boston Crab from Gabriel Kidd on the uh, the veteran here. Of course. And uh, and then uh, Kidd slaps the shit out of Nagata, and he fires back with big kicks for a two count. Another exploder suplex. And then a crossface Nagata lock, they call it. Uh, I'm guessing that's what that is. I, I'm always curious, like, what his actual, like, arm bar is called. But, uh, the young lion taps out with the Nagata lock or the crossface and, uh, the, uh, the, the good guys win. Yeah, yeah. Yuji Nagata gets the win for his team that included, uh, Kojima and Taguchi. Uh, some solid stuff there. Like you mentioned, a solid finish. Uh, they talked about Nagata's match with Suzuki and also talked about his match with Okada. Oh, nice. Well. Two impressive showings in the New Japan Cup this year. So good stuff there. Liked it very much. So, yeah, not not a bad six-man tag to open the show. 
No, it didn't have any heat going in, but like the, a lot right. of the times when, when you give it time and you just watch what's going on, they'll, they'll pull you in with those multi-mans usually. Um, so yeah, as they all leave, Kevin Kelly says that everyone's trying to take precautions to prevent, prevent the spread of COVID-19 and kind of talks a little bit about that as, you know, we see the crowd some more. Uh, and that's when we go to match two. Match number two. It's Los Ingobernable de Japan. Representatives Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Sonata taking on Chaos, represented by Tomohiro Ishii, Toruyana, and well, actually Yoda Tsuji is just there. He's not in Chaos, but no. But it is interesting because you know a lot of the factions kind of have seemingly developed interesting like connections with Young Lions. So it's like I wouldn't mind seeing him kind of have that connection with Chaos as being like the, the uh, Young Lion of Chaos or whatever. That would make sense. But I, yeah, I want to be clear about that. Yeah, he cuz I also love the Young Lions like when they're involved in matches like this, they have to like run like past the camera as fast yes. as they can like they're not even like allowed to look at it like get to the ring. Don't you even look at that camera. You go out Gabriel first. Kid did the same thing in the first match. Yeah, you go out first. Before the music makes sense, if yep. like if there's like a build up to the music, they're just running to the <laughs> ring, and then the other yeah. guys hit it when it comes makes sense. Like they pretty much make the young lions go out there before the refs. It seems like it's like <laughs> get, get in that ring before anybody even sees you. Oh, so, but mor- yeah, uh, Rocky is talking about how morale is at an all time low for Lij after the uh, the betrayal of Evil. He yeah. says he wouldn't. They did a good. Yeah, I thought they did a good job with that too. You know, like everyone was like noticeably. Yeah. Like dejected, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the the one that they really talk about is Sonata, because he's like, what is Sonata thinking? It's his tag team partner, his friend, and he's turned his back on L.I.J. Um, but I did notice that Sonata's t-shirt, it's got, like, the Los Ingobernables logo with the beard and the hair of Sonata on it, and then it's on the bottom, it's got, like, an I love, and it's got, like, a, a big white area that's got, a, like, a ex, like an explosive look on the back, like a, uh-huh. a thinking bubble sort of a thing, like, for a comic book. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it was if the Osaka is drawn in with marker or if that was just like if he has that as a generic that he can write whatever town they're in or if that yeah. was a shirt that they made for Osaka that night because it just said I love Osaka on it. Yeah, I don't know. It might. He was also like the one where I don't know what their plans are with him. But yeah, because of his relationship with evil, you'd think he'd be more like involved in things and they've kind of. Yeah, had they've kind of had Hiromu leapfrog him a little bit, so that's true. Yeah, Hiromu's kind of taken the the emotional main part of uh, of this entire storyline here. Yeah, so it makes you know, it makes you wonder where Sonata stands. I guess we'll find out. I really like Bushi's light up uh, entryway mask that's got like the spider insect eyes on it. Oh yeah, that looks pretty fucking cool. Now Bushi's one of the coolest, like just one of the coolest dudes in wrestling as far as look goes <laughs> and masks and stuff like that. Oh, and then I love during the chaos entrance, instead of spitting into the air, Yano sprays the water bottle into the <laughs> air. So instead of doing the Triple H gimmick of having a young boy steal it away from him, they just they found a different angle. No, that's good stuff. Yeah, and speaking of one Yano, him and Sonata would start things off here. Uh, Sonata stopped Yano from taking the turnbuckle pad. These now have names, DP. What do you know about this? Well, they've always had any time that Yano's been in the match and Rocky's been calling it. They've always had names for it, and Rocky just makes ah. up the name on the spot, and okay. and, and then fucking uh, Kevin Kelly goes along with whatever name it is, and then that just becomes the name of the turnbuckle. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, he was stopped from taking Jesse down, and he actually <laughs> removed Tom instead. Yes. So he, he turnbuckle pad Tom had been removed from the corner. Sonata 
Then with the rolling banana split, um, for many rotations, yes. they just roll around the rings. You know, fun stuff there, I suppose. And then I didn't, you know, they go right, he puts a paradise lock, uh, he attempts to put a paradise lock on Yano, but he manages to get a rope break, and uh, in comes Susuji. Yes. Dude, I, I really like this Yoda Suji. Like, the more I see him, yeah. the more I really like of him. Um, yeah, he comes yeah. in, gets a big shoulder block, gets a lot of crowd applause early. This is kind of like, oh, okay, this crowd's really behind this kid. Um, Rocky remarks on his confidence that he's seen Suji wrestle with as of late. Uh, he's got a bit of a Goto look, but like I said, I like what I've seen uh, of him. The LIJ pull Chaos down uh, from the, the apron there. Yano gets tied into a Paradise Lock around the ropes. And then Suji's tied up right next to Yano, and yep. uh, Sonato drop kicks Suji out of the uh, Paradise Lock with the key, and it knocks him like a pool cue into uh, Yano, who also gets knocked to the floor. No, yeah, was solid stuff there. Um, Kevin Kelly, even with the billiards reference, there, as both of <laughs> them were kicked. Uh, in comes Bushi. He chops Suji down in the corner. Uh, neck breaker from Bushi gets a two count. Uh, Suji, though, caught him with a slam and then hits one on Hiromu as well. Um, Ishii gets the hot tag and beats Bushi up in the corner. Bushi, though, with a second rope drop kick. Ishii shrugs off another drop kick attempt and delivers a clothesline to Bushi. I think they said these two met in the New Japan Cup, maybe, or something. I I can't remember, but... Maybe not. I know he fought Hiromu, but anyway, sorry. Um, Yeah, Yano comes in, hits a catapult on Sonata into the exposed corner. Uh, Ishii then has his brain buster attempt blocked and Bushi hits a neck breaker and both men are down looking for tags uh, in comes Hiromu hits a shotgun drop kick Hiromu then with a clothesline Yano though tripped him as he ran the ropes and Hiromu accidentally knocked Sonata off the apron so oh boy yeah you know, it's, seeds. But it's also, it's just, you know, nice traditional tag team back and forth. Both teams get interference yep. leading to both teammates hitting each other. Uh, yep. In tag Suji, we get a drop kick. Kevin Kelly explains that Yoda is a college graduate. Uh, but Hiromu breaks the Boston Crab with a rope break. Uh, the LIJ three-way drop kick, but Yano breaks that up on the pin. A big slap to Hiromu, but a nice super kick and Suji kicks out. Uh, Hiromu locks on the Boston Crab on Suji. And Suji fires up like he's going to get out of it, but he just can't make it, and he has to tap out. So the winners are Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yeah, I was impressed. I mean, you notice that's the young lion taking the submissions in these yeah. first two matches. Um, and, even, and with that, that Boston crab, that lowly entry-level submission hold that Chris Jericho uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's enough here to put Suji away. So solid stuff. I was a little surprised that LIJ would win, just especially based on kind of like the theme of the night. Yeah. I just would have thought that, you know, everybody's just so... But then again, their opposition wasn't exactly like, you know, Suji wasn't going to get the win here or anything, so... Yeah. No, you're not wrong there. So yeah, Kevin Kelly says it's, a, you know, great that they win, but what are the, what are the future of LIJ? He's very curious on what's going to happen later on tonight. Uh, Rocky sells the betrayal from evil and Hiromu is the last to leave. He just kind of stands in the ring for a minute and then takes his way out. They, they mentioned that he's got all this writing on his, his, uh, taped up arms and they say something about possibly getting a note to Chris Charlton to get a translation. And that never comes back. They just don't ever translate it for us. 
What is Charlton doing? Where are you, Chris Charlton? Like, yeah, was where are they? Well, that's what the way that like when they say something about like asking Chris Charlton, like the way Kevin Kelly says, yeah, maybe I guess we could try to get a note to him or something. Like I was like, maybe right. he's like not even in the country that they're in. Like it might be something well, that probably. Rocky just said, and he's like, well, this is we can't say that we're going to get that. But yeah, yeah. It, the translation never comes. God, yeah. So anyway, I'm sure it was something cool though. But they they all kind of like slowly leave the ring and they don't walk with each other and mm-hmm. they seem to be distant in LIJ at the moment. Absolutely. But that brings us to match number three. And this is when, because I didn't look anything up on like what the lineup was of the show. I just knew that you had said lots of multi-mans. Yeah. And man, like when this one popped up, I was like, man, another one? Like with, oh, yeah. with Tenzon and... Yuya Uemura, okay, match number three, it's a multi-man tag match, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Doki and El Desperado representing the uh, Suzuki-Goon faction, battling the regular army of New Japan, Master Wato, who has just, you know, debuted the night before, uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Yuya Uemura, the young lion. Yeah. So this is mostly a Master Wado promotion here. It's, yes. You know, it seems like this. And uh, Master Wado is a, the former Kawato, mm-hmm. who has recently returned from his uh, excursion to Mexico, CMLL, where he carried their junior heavyweight championship. So he's back. He's got blue hair. And his name <laughs> is Master Wado, because they didn't want to have to pay Nintendo for Wario. He looks like... Like the blue aside, he looks in, in like the way he's moving. I think it's supposed to be like a, like I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the trailer multiple times, and I've seen the the DVD cover like thousands of times at like disc replay and such. Ip Man, like if okay. it feels like it's like a, a take on that, like that sort of a, a, you know, kung fu master sort of a thing. Okay, but it just feels so weird, man. And then, like the way that they're run- they're doing with this character as well. He was just beaten to shit by Doki in his first match, um, as he debuted. So it's like, is this a character they're going to keep? Is this something that they're setting up so that he can then kind of transition quickly into something more? Like, I don't know. Who what knows? do you think of this look? Like, well, do you, are, are well, they, they dooming him here with this character? Well, they've been airing vignettes for this for months. Yeah. So I mean I don't think I think this is it. And I they've don't think goofy they've been all for that. months. What's that? Like I feel like the the feedback has been this looks terrible for months. <laughs> well, that's true too. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. It's because I remember really liking the stuff that we were seeing of Kawato right before his his uh, right. excursion. So yeah, now it looks by the looks of this match and the feud, it's going to be up to old Kanemura to get Wado over. So I guess so. I will say, well, yeah. Through the uh, the most recent time, I've really grown to enjoy El Desperado quite a bit. Uh, yeah, as he made his way down here with the Suzuki Goon team. On um, the other, yeah, El Desperado's cool. I don't get Dookie. No, no, but he's also he's he's the one that I know the least about. Like Azuka left, and then they kind of just right. brought in this Dookie guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's something. He, he's ahead of his um, time. I will say that he was he was wrestling in a in a mask, like surgical mask style mask, uh, for years now, or at least since I've seen him. The Mortal Kombat look works out. Yeah, um, yeah. The good guys in this case actually jumped the gun on Suzuki Goon oh. 
Apologies. They they do explain it at some point, but the reason Tenzon is involved with Master Wado is because he was the person that came to the rescue of Master Wado when he was being beaten to shit after his debut match. <laughs> so, I don't want him. So. so there you go. That's why Tenzon didn't wrestle with Satoshi Kojima, his longtime tag team partner, in that earlier match. Yeah, no, he's here for some reason. In the middle of the card, for God's sakes. Um, yeah. Faces, like I said, jump the gun. The good guys jump, you know, beat up the bad guys before the bell. So interesting strategy there. Uh, Wado and Kenimura fight on the outside. Everyone kind of goes off in their own directions. Tenzan chokes Dookie in the ring, um, drops him with a clothesline. Uh, you know, we get a tag, and they hit a double-team shoulder tackle after Wado tagged in. Uh, Wado, though, is attacked by Doki after Kenimura grabs Wado from the apron. A drop kick from Doki, and Tenzan tags in now. Mongolian chops, classic Tenzan there, uh, drops Doki. Kanemura, though, sends Wado into the guardrail and then snake eyes him as well, hitting the guardrail throat first. And then Kanemura hits a DDT on the floor. So, man, they're just beating the crap out of Wado. Tenzan seems like the kind of guy that just really loves wrestling and just wants to keep doing it as long as he can. But he feels like the kind of guy that, like, Jado, we need to just say, like, you can't move anymore. You need to, you're not allowed to do this anymore. Like, you just have to be done. You're probably not wrong about that. Because um, I think the other thing, too, about these, these older guys is that, you know, the commentary is even going to like, oh, yeah, but, you know, he's he's had these years off now to heal up his bad legs and shoulders. It's like, yes, like, just because now you feel good again, it doesn't mean, <laughs> all right, time to go back out there and break my body down again. Yes, yep, it's the Undertaker syndrome. Right, uh, but that's what these guys do. Yeah, so the, we've got this, these guys wrestling here. Kanemaru can't suplex Tenzan. But Tenzan's able to suplex him in response. He uh, gets stopped from tagging in by Doki, however, though, so they're still working over Tenzan here, the heels. Uh, Master Wado finally, though, comes in, gets some big kicks, some mild applause, uh, then a diving corkscrew plancha onto the heels, which did look really cool. Uh, throws Kanemaru into the ring, hits a springboard European uppercut for a two-count. Kelly says he's very impressed with Master Wado, and it's like, I don't buy your sincerity. <laughs> then a reverse DDT by Kanemaru gets a two count of his own on Master Wado, a drop kick by the veteran, and then Wado with a leaping knee strike to Desperado, and Uemura tags in and is a house of fire. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? Why are you tagging Uemura into this match now? Um, he hits a drop kick. Wado clears everybody off the apron. Uh, Did- we get, you know. Did Uemura, was he jacked before the shutdown, or is this all a recent buildup since they've just been not, like, traveling and just been living at the dojo and eating tons of protein and working out? It's been, like, a developing thing, because they even bring it up in the commentary about how he's, like, been the star of the dojo, like, you know, his development and his body and everything like that. So, yeah, no, Uemura is ready for the, well, probably ready for excursion, actually. Um, he and Tenzan with charging splashes. Wado comes in with a spinning kick, followed by a standing moonsault, and gets a two count that Kanemura broke up. Uh, Yumura rolls Desperado up with a surprise roll up. He only gets a two count. Uh, Desperado would pull the referee into the way, hits an illegal punch, followed by the Angels' wings for the one, two, three. Your winners, Suzuki Goon. Yeah. Yeah, and they, the so, announcers again, are. Not, not all that surprising. That's. Three for three on the Young Lions, by the way. (laughs) 
that's generally the way the multi-mans go. If, if, the, if they're not all in one team, then they're going to be taking right. the falls on all the matches. Um, they realize at some point, like, hey, let's stop putting them all on one team, and let's just put one of them on all our teams so that they can lose. Well, because, <laughs> I mean, the nice thing about putting them on, like, little teams is just by having that association with these other characters, it gives them a little yeah. bit more personality. Like, at least that's how yeah. I've found. Like, I, I like oh, it better this way. I agree. Um, yeah. Now, the announcers are very specific to try to mention a few of the guys that aren't able to be here, but they just want to make sure they get mentions of them on the show. So, like, they compare the punch of Desperado to the right hand of Desperado to the left hand of Juice Robinson, kind of saying that it's, you know, it's it's got that kind of an effect to that punch. That's why the Angels' wings work so well, you know, to get the victory. Um, yeah, they've, they've mentioned Juice Robinson, like, twice already on this show, so I just wanted to make mention of it. No, yeah, they do that. Yeah, they mention Finn Juice later when they're talking about the tag team division, and you know Jay White's name gets brought up at some yeah. point, and so Will Osprey as well. Like, oh yeah. Although it's one of those things where it's like maybe at some point stop telling us everybody that's not here because it just reminds me about like it's, yeah how how kind of like well, there's a big hole out of this roster right now. It also makes you understand why their shows are six hours long when they have access to everybody. It's like Jesus, guys, like Good you point. have a gigantic Good. roster. <laughs> Right, yeah, this show's three and a half hours long, and we've got fucking Yujiro Takahashi and people on I mean, it, so. and it doesn't feel like that much like they're stretching. Like, it feels a little bit, no. but but they've done a good job with, especially through this tournament, like, amplifying yeah. Yujiro Takahashi. Like, he's kind of on the ascent right now, so it felt a little bit more, but yeah, that was interesting. So, yeah, after the match, good. they attack Master Wado and Tenzan with pipe shots and punches. And Kelly and Rocky said when Suzuki Goon was banished to Noah, things were so much better. <laughs> this company. <laughs> oh, this kind of beat up Noah. on him here. Like you, you can't leave Noah. You can only beat people up in that company. Uh, <laughs> we also hear that Minoru Suzuki would be here with us on this night, but he actually recorded a fever during the uh, yeah. check-in and. Uh, you know, was not allowed to be a part of things, and I believe was at home in quarantine. So, so yeah, hopefully he's not getting any other symptoms. That Kelly was very clear to say you know, that's the only symptom he was showing. But right, yeah, you never know with those kinds of things. So hopefully he's doing well. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, Kelly and Rocky tell us how they both got tested to work here together to record this English commentary. So apparently they even had to get tested before they traveled to wherever they did this recording. All right, and that takes us to match number four. It's the Bullet Club, Yujiro Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori taking on Chaos members, Kazushika Okada and Hiroyuki Goto. I mean, these are the not two top guys in, in Bullet Club battling like the top of the top in Chaos. Two of the most successful members of the New Japan roster over the last yeah. damn near decade. Yeah. And they're going to fight... Yujiro and Which, Ishimori. I like that this is based on a, a, a rivalry here, based out of emotion because of Yujiro's involvement in the match right. with Evil. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is a weird. It's a weird group that like Yujiro. Then they, they even mentioned it during the ca- the commentary that you know he's a guy that has benefited greatly from other people being locked out of the of the roster because they're not available. He's around <laughs> and and he's been here to to do dastardly things and. Have his profile raised. 
I just love how even the commentary team like occasionally like gives those kinds of backhanded compliments to some of these guys on these shows. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, nobody else is around, so they, you know, yeah. they take advantage of it. There's no bad luck folly here. There's no gorillas of destiny to come in and interrupt things for Okada. So instead, it's Takahashi with no Peter. He doesn't even have his his like yeah. big attention getter. Hey, good lord, yeah, nothing good about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, first time Okada hasn't been in the main event. In Osaka of Dominion, Hall. yeah. So another yep. interesting bit of news there. And this was I mean, the first time. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, and I guess I can wait and talk about it more later, but it's just like, I appreciate the swerve or the interesting new twist in the company's like hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think this, like your first show back with a crowd, wouldn't Okada and Naito in the main event just been kind of, you know, yeah. What what everyone probably was like kind of looking forward to watching at Dominion. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, yeah, but at the other hand, I I don't know that you want to use that up at the 3000 person show. Yeah, that's true too. But Yeah, that's good. Okada, this was the first time here at this point in the show when Kevin Kelly's mic stops being able to rise above the music and for the rest of the show, I won't be able to hear him during any entrance. Or during, like, a lot of times near the end of the match when the crowd's getting real up with the clapping, that's when all of a sudden I can't hear him anymore. Yeah, I don't know what it is because it doesn't have any effect on Rocky. So it's. No, Rocky will come right in perfectly clear. Yeah, there's time. Yeah, there's times. Yeah, like you said, over the course of the end of this show here where you almost lose Kevin Kelly altogether. Okada in that uh, awesome, like, Wrestle Kingdom jacket that he had that, like, under the cool lights of Wrestle Kingdom looked amazing. Um, But with under regular lights, just kind of looks like a cup of noodles. But. True. Uh, yeah, I loved the emotionality of Okada just throwing his jacket in Takashi's face to get this thing underway. Here, he just he was he had enough. He can't deal with the smirking of that asshole any longer, and he just throws it at him. Oh, and Kevin Kelly brings up you know the past between these two um, goes back farther than last night with uh, the New Japan Cup as Yujiro and his uh, betrayal to Chaos was what led to AJ Styles defeating Okada for the yeah. IWGP. Championship uh, after Yujiro had just recently been, you know, accepted into chaos. So. There's, there's so much character wise that I, that I love about the Yujiro character and like the way that they're able to tie in these things from the past. The problem is every time that they've tried to give him the spotlight, he doesn't usually deliver in the big matches. And, uh, yeah, and every time that I've, that I've watched them try to give him chances, it's not really delivered either. So I don't necessarily buy that, you know, he's going to rise to a great level here, but, at least the character's got a, a good tie-in here for this this feud. Yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, <laughs> Okada shoves the Bullet Club members into each other and delivers a DDT to Takahashi. Uh, the fight me- immediately moves to the outside. Yujiro is sent into the guardrail, and then uh, he kicks, and then Okada kicks him over that guardrail, kind of boot to the face there. Uh, oh, yeah, Goto's in this match. Yeah, he's beating up Ishimori near the announcer's table. Uh, Yujiro would bite the thumb of Okada and then deliver a fisherman's buster on the outside. So, yeah, kind of brutal stuff there. Yeah, and the fisherman buster, you know, puts him down. Okada's down hurt. Takashi, we should mention uh, Okada's neck is also like all taped up oh, from yeah. the the spots in the match with Evil. And then, of course, the finisher being right on the back of the neck with the rock bottom. Yeah, I, I'll probably talk more about it later after we've kind of gone through all of this. But, geez, yes, injuries. 
are a major plot line. Well, in we're at tonight's... the end of a tournament, man. This happens at the end of the G1. It happens at the end of the. I know, Japan but Cup. it's just—it's like I feel like the same person definitely <laughs> is coming up with all of these ideas. Oh well, for sure, yeah. Takashi gets him up, throws him back into the ring at thirteen. So he might have been able to win this match by countout, but because Okada wasn't even stirring by thirteen, but anyway, Naito's the same way later. He throws Naito. him, in, yeah. Get counted out. Yep. Anyway, Okada eliminated Ishimori from the New Japan Cup, we're told. So that's his like tie in with both of these two. Uh, Ishimori with an extended cravat spot on Okada's injured neck, as the announcers say this is what we're used to with Okada. He's not usually, especially in these tag matches, he's usually on the, you know, the apron if he's not in the match winning. Another thing that I was being very tired of being told by the announce team oh, all your favorite wrestlers in New Japan. They're not themselves tonight, and they're not having their usual performances. Yes. This is what I have to hear in this match. I got to hear about Tanahashi in the tag match, yep. and I got to hear about Naido in the main event. Like, yeah. your guy is not fit to fight tonight, and you're, we're going to watch him <laughs> suffer anyway. Oh, desperation flapjack by Okada. In comes Goto. He's fired up. Big back suplex. Gets a two count. Yujiro uses the high boot. Like, just keeps raising his foot up. That's like his, like, over and over go-to move. Uh, he dodges the lariat, hits the reverse DDT on Goto for a two-count. And Rocky says that Yujiro has been an opportunist during the pandemic, raising his status in the company like we were talking about earlier. Right, which is like, yeah, or you guys looked around and you didn't have any better options. But anyway. Yeah. Whatever works. Okada gets back in, hits a huge drop kick, and then throws Ishimori to the floor. Yeah, you lost me. Go ahead. Uh, he tell he tags in Goto and gets on the apron and tells Goto go like he like yells something at him as he points. Um, and Gato attacks Okada with a fucking wrench, and uh, the ref is missing this. Goto and hits the Yushigoroshi in the ring. He wants another big move, looking for the GTR, I think. But Ishimori hits the backcracker, a bloody cross is what they call it, and then Yujiro with a big DDT and he pins him one two three. And your winners are the Bullet Clubs, Yujiro Takahashi, with his finisher, whatever the pimp juice, yeah, pimp juice is what they call it, uh, the DDT, and Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. Yeah, and Goto was in this match for like three minutes. Yes. And lost. Yeah. So, way to go, Goto. We can always <laughs> count on you. Like, you're not... <laughs> You're going to tell me how hurt Okada is, and then you're going to make poor Goto go in there and get pinned by Yujiro. With all the way that, that Okada was selling throughout the match, it wouldn't have hurt him to eat the pin here. I don't know why they didn't just have him lose. You're right. It doesn't make Gate or Goto look very good here. <laughs> Nothing this company does ever makes Goto look very good. <laughs> it's very rare that he gets a chance to look good. Gato is called a master chess player by Rocky Romero. He says this was Gato's revenge. And Yujiro hits the pimp juice on Okada as well before this one can be over with, and they leave these guys just laying Bullet Club celebrate their way to the back. Uh, yeah, celebration from the Bullet Club. Uh, Okada is helped to the back. I think Suji and Gabriel Kidd like, put their T-shirts on another, yeah. assuming their role as Young Lions again. Um, Kevin mentions chaos is down. I don't think there's been anything more evident since I've been watching New Japan Wrestling then chaos is down. Like they've always like, <laughs> when were they up? Like other than that, they yeah. have Okada when they, it's like that, you know, that's the, the ace in the hole, but like 
and maybe I'm, you know, maybe the, the local people that watch New Japan and the people that are attending these shows feel differently. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but it feels like Nakamura left and Chaos died. Chaos just became a name, like, after it, that. I always just feel like Chaos is New Japan. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's, yeah. Nakamura left, Chaos became have a name. The, the general army, as they used to call it when, in the bad translations. Uh, ah. of That's what Chaos kind of felt like they became when... They had to be faces because, you know, Bullet Club were heels and LIJ were heels and Suzuki Goon Suzuki Goon was returning his heels, yeah. So. Um but yeah, yeah, he says, you know, Osprey's stuck in England, Yo and Yoshihashi are out with injuries, and Rocky says he doesn't know what's gonna come of chaos. He would he would be there, but he, he can't because he's he's stuck here instead. So Yeah. So don't talk big Rocky because you're not there. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then we get an intermission of sorts. Sanitation break. Sanitation break. Yeah, that's that's thing. And then we just get shots of people in masks sanitizing handrails oh, yeah. and in raincoats and masks yeah. and and, yeah. Then, and then just long. I I skipped over this. There's just long shots of us looking at like Milano collection and <laughs> Jushin Tiger like yeah. talking because it's this is what we used to get up until like. When they really started doing the the put all matches in one file on New Japan World, that's when they started right. the, getting rid of the intermission part of the show. But right. you used to always have like a twenty minute intermission in the middle of the show, where it'd just be the Japanese announcers talking. The English guys would fuck off and go to the bathroom, and you would just have to sit there and like scrub <laughs> through at the bottom until you see, uh, you know, a video or an entrance starting. Yeah, so we do get some commercials. We get ads for their merchandise shop. <laughs> I'm glad you watched all this. Uh, Naito promotes the New Japan World website. Oh, nice. I, guess, I don't know what they were saying, but that's just what I could gather. Uh, Togi Makabe promotes a cell phone game. Dreamwatch Saint is the, the, name, <laughs> the only thing that I recognize, I think, was the name of the game. All right. Um, Will Ospreay, I think it was the same game he was promoting. His was in English, and I still somehow didn't necessarily gather all of it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was playing some game where he made Hiromu the leader of his faction. One of those, like, oh, okay. cards based games it looked like like WWE has or something gotcha so yeah all that and then we come back and uh, it's time for match number five all right match number five we get started with the matches that really feel like we're in a dominion now where it's the never open weight championship match between the challenger high voltage show from Rapungi 3k taking on rampage dragon Shingo Takagi I didn't yeah, know that the word rampage was associated with the dragon nickname until tonight's graphic popped up. Yeah, he just yeah, he has like all kinds of nicknames. He takes all the good nicknames. Like he has too many probably at this point. Probably. Uh, yeah, he's your yeah, champion. No. Yeah, got a, yeah. So solid matchup here. Show is another person that's really uh, taking advantage of this layoff and this time over the past few months, and well, really seems like he's kind of bulked up and. Well, that's know, true. To, yeah. Move, trying to see, doesn't look like a junior heavyweight necessarily anymore. And they've done a good job, like in the singles run, kind of like highlighting him and giving mm-hmm. him, like the obviously the fantastic match he already had with Shingo earlier. Is he Sho Tanaka? I believe so. I was I just trying to remember, like name. they used to say their names, and I don't, and then they stopped saying their last name. Yeah, because so. Yohei Kamatsu is. Yeah, Yo, that's right, Yohei Kamatsu. But I don't know. I think Show might be Tanaka. I think you might be. Right. I just, I, I just think it's time for full names. Like I, like Show <laughs> you know, and Yo is like I a miss, thing. When I miss the high and mighty Show instead of high voltage Show. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just, 
you know, I just feel like when you're in Rapongi and you got the matching outfits yeah. and Rocky's out there shooting the gun of whatever, uh, that's one thing. But now it's like, I don't know, I just felt like you be shot. You know, like your, yeah. your, your full name. It just sounds, I don't know, it just makes you, makes you seem like a singles guy. I did like Rocky kind of like providing some cover for Shingo to just wrestle this match straight up. And he says, you know, well, Shingo's the most recent member of LIJ. He's probably not all that emotionally attached. He's probably okay here tonight. <laughs> They do, which again is like Rocky Romero. If you listen, spoils the ending of every match with like his pre-match analysis. Like he's he's like already making excuses for whatever's coming, like before the people have even gotten in the ring on yeah. every one of these. It seems like you're not wrong. Like if, if he starts making excuses for you, it's not good. Or oh. if he's talking up why yeah. you might be in. Good position to win. Uh, you're probably going to do that. So during Shingo's entrance, Kevin is talking about something. He's drowned out completely, and Rocky just he, he had been doing a good job of kind of repeating what Kevin was saying. I don't know if he knew that there was an issue with the mic, uh, but this time he just goes, "Of course," and I'm like, "Of course, what? Of course, what was he talking about?" <laughs> I was like, "I have no idea." Maybe just forgot about that one. I thought maybe it wasn't still doing it. But yeah, Togi um, Makabe joins the announce team. Better not. All right. Um, yeah. So. The uh, match starts up here. These men lock up, fight for position, you know, pushing each other around the ropes. Um, Show doesn't go down after a shoulder tackle from Shingo, which kind of surprised me. Mm -hmm. uh, Show can't drop Shingo either. Uh, we get a back elbow from Shingo. Show, though, drops him with a shoulder tackle finally. So Show actually winning the opening exchange here. Uh, vertical suplex and into the cross arm breaker from Show. Uh, Shingo manages to get a rope break. They, he then went to the floor, and Sho would get on the apron and kick Shingo. He threatens a German suplex on the dragon, mm -hmm. uh, but that does not come to be. He counters, um, but is eventually just drop-kicked off the apron by the challenger, Sho. Yeah. Yeah, so at ringside, he gets sent into the barricade. Sho gets sent hard into the barricade. This gives Shingo control with the repeated elbows to the chest, and then after Show fires up, they trade strikes, but Show gets sent down first this time. Uh, Show with a spear out of desperation, like right after Rocky Romero called. That's the other thing that happens is Rocky kind of like calls what the move they should go for, and bam, they hit it right then. Um, yeah. Yeah, Show with a spear out of desperation, big clothesline, a trio of German suplexes, but no, Shingo blocks the third, but Show outsmarts him, does the like follow you through the run off the ropes thing, and uh, gets the third German suplex and a bridging pin, but Shingo still kicks out at two. So yeah. really good back and forth here. Yeah, definitely. Um, Shingo would catch Show with a clothesline and then a snap back suplex. Shingo ducks a clothesline attempt from Show and delivers another snap back suplex. Uh, show is right up, though, and delivers a German suplex. Shingo with a back elbow. Show, though, comes right back with a clothesline. Uh, now both men are down. They've beaten the hell out of each other. Ten minutes. Uh, Ten minutes have passed. Right. Uh, <laughs> Headbutting each other from their knees. Then they get up to their feet and exchange forearms. Well, actually, they get a little bit more up and do it from their knees. Um, now on their feet, Shingo asks for a forearm shot. We're you know doing the tough guy challenge thing. Yep. Uh, Shingo with a vicious clothesline. They go back and forth with those. Uh, show with a knee. Shingo though would nail him with a huge Hanson style lariat, uh, followed by a gory special bomb for a two count. So Shingo yeah. in full control here. Um, show would block Shingo's attempt and hits a backcracker, followed by a pop up power bomb. Did you? 
Now, the crowd, we've kind of, we talked about a little bit earlier when we played some of the crowd, but did you take the crowd clapping along here? Were they, was it in like, was it for show or Shingo? That was the one thing that I could never tell, like with this match specifically, because these guys are both kind of good guys. I think they like Shingo. Okay. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know that they were necessarily booing show either, but yeah. I don't know. I, it almost felt like the timing made me think that they were backing like uh, the, the backing run that Shingo, Shingo was on. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, show you know full, full control here. You know, does the power bomb into a backcracker move there, and then looks as if he's hurt his knee in the process. Mm-hmm. So show may be in trouble, but uh, quickly hits the pop up power bomb and uh, jackknife style, as I have my notes here, and then a backcracker slam thingy. Is that what you're talking about right there with yep. the power bomb? But you pull your legs in below you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so both men are selling their pain. Show calls for something, and he hits a big clothesline, but just gets a one count, but got the gasp from the crowd with that one. Uh, deadlift German suplex. Show calls for the shock arrow, but Shingo counters it and drops Show himself. Show shakes off some huge strikes from Shingo and fires off a few of his own. Gets a big double clothesline, but neither men go down. Shingo with a gut buster of some form. Uh, and then the Made in Japan on show, but he kicks out at two, and it's just massive applause. The crowd is really into this uh, this match as these guys are kind of really going at it. Totally, yeah. We get the pumping bomber from Shingo for a near fall. Last of the Dragon is countered by show into a choke. Uh, Shingo, though, lifts show to his feet and delivers a straight jacket pile driver. Uh, show would punt Shingo in the shoulder, his injured shoulder. All these guys are always injured. Uh, Show caught Shingo then in an arm bar. Shingo, though, is able to lift Show onto his shoulders and delivers a Death Valley driver. Uh, has little to no effect on Show, who fires right back with shots for the champion Shingo. Uh, Shingo, though, cuts Show off with a rope-assisted GTR. Shingo, though, with the last of the dragon. One, two, three. Your winner and still never openweight champion, Shingo Takagi. Yeah. Fantastic match, man. I loved... I loved these right. guys' first match, and I thought this one with having the crowd there to, to respond to it was so good. And uh, these guys, I there's some good stuff in the future for show, man. Like, I don't know how long they want to keep this Rapungi thing going, but I think as a singles star, like, he's got some massive uh, potential. Yeah, no, I feel like at this point it would be hard to go back, you know? Like, yeah. I just think that Rapungi probably should be done. We say that, but Evil just now got out of the tag team with Sonata, so we uh, might just have Wrestle Kingdom another Rapungi 3K with uh, <laughs> Rocky Romero leading them to the ring with the the air sprayer thing. Well, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, this company they <laughs> they make everything slow. That's for sure. They, they definitely don't move as fast as as American wrestling fans I think like sometimes. But yeah, but show you know big showing, but it's not a, not quite big enough. Loses the match to Shingo. Shingo's still your champion. Show is in pain as he's rolled out of the ring, and Rocky talks of how much he's grown in 2020. And you want to talk about Rocky? A tap on the nose again here. Who do they start talking about as someone that they think would have interest in challenging for the never open weight championship? Like Rocky is literally talking about Desperado. As Desperado appears and then attacks Shingo, like Rocky, like I think you're a little too close to the situation and you're yeah. fucking tipping of the cap on everything that's happening tonight. Goodness, I missed I missed him tipping the cap on this one specifically, but that's fantastic. 
It's like, I don't know. I just, just felt like maybe just keep some things to yourself. Yeah, they do ask if uh, if Naito will be able to compartmentalize the way that Shingo did here tonight in order to win this match with all the emotion that's right across the ring. But yeah. yeah. Well, and now, you know, Desperado also steals the title and takes yeah. it with him. Yeah, hits him with the belt and then walks away with the belt. And uh, and it's funny because like the announcers take way too long to realize that he stole the belt. Like oh, yeah. he's already gone, and then they're like, "Oh, I guess I guess it'll he'll just he'll keep that for now." And I was like, <laughs> "Like that was the whole thing they were getting across, guys." He came out and stole the belt from him. Like, come on, get on yeah, top really, of it here. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, Desperado has inserted himself into a feud with Shingo. It would appear, and uh, we'll see what comes of all that in the near future. Oh yeah, but that takes us to match six. Match number six for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. It's Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. challenging Golden Aces, Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi, your current champions. Yes, and I don't know if this is music just for this tag team or if Tanahashi has had his music tweaked yet again, but we start with much more of the Go-Ace chants here <laughs> as this music is just slightly tweaked at the beginning of it. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah, no, it was. I, I don't know if that was like a compensation for the fans or what, but yeah, no, it was yeah. a little bit different. Um, all four of these men were in the same quadrant in the New Japan Cup and ah, yeah, kind of sabotaged one another. <laughs> Taichi has completely given up on doing any lip syncing on his entrance. He just like puts the mic to his mouth and walks yeah. to the ring. It's very odd. Yeah, Taichi is on my Togi Makabe list of guys that I'm just like. <laughs> What? Like, there's uh, nobody else? Like, and, it, and it's just growing. He, he's I know. just being pushed they, more and more. I felt like he was like a joke already, like two years ago or something, and then they started mm-hmm. pushing him. It's like, what? Okay, I guess. Oh. So, Tanahashi has some insane gear here with all kinds of silver spikes on his shoulders. Kota just comes out ring ready in his trunks. <laughs> kind of. As you expect from Kota there. <laughs> uh, but Tanahashi, I loved this part at the beginning after he gets into the ring. You know, he stands on one corner, stands on another corner, and then he goes to stand on a third corner, but Taichi is sitting on that corner and doesn't want to move. And then we get this, like, back and forth, this extended, like, Tanahashi being like, come on, man, move away. So I can, he's, like, motioning, like, I want to get up there and, and wave to the people behind you. And, Taichi's just like, fuck those people behind me. <laughs> just right. stays there. And I, I loved this back and forth. Yeah, no, solid stuff there. Uh, you know, the, the pre-match kind of pageantry or whatever. Uh, the Dangerous Techers not backing down from the Golden Aces by any any means. So No, but this this is what leads to Tanahashi having enough. As he's heard enough about this corner as Taichi finally stands up and he just attacks. So the, the face is continuing to attack the goons before the bell. It's just... It's they, they're you know too many times of the Suzuki Goon people attacking first, so I guess yeah, yeah what is happening? To fire back, uh, but yeah, Tanahashi stomping a mud hole in Tai Chi, still in his giant jacket. Uh, both faces plancha to the floor, but Kota doesn't get caught at all by Tai Chi. Just takes it straight to the floor. Zack Saber Junior is a very good boy and catches Tanahashi because Tai Chi moves about as fast as Tenzan. So that's part of the <laughs> Taichi's more, he's a better wrestler than Tenzon at this point. Um, he didn't have any speed to catch Ibushi on that one. He just didn't seem to want to at that point. Like, he just didn't put his arms out at all. Right. Eh. 
That's that's Tai Chi. Eh. Yeah, so the Ace and Ibushi worked very well together here early on. Lots of combination offense, rolling sentons and such. The announcers say how Ibushi feeds off the crowd, and that's really hurt him here in this uh, COVID-19 time. Yeah, well, you know, I guess that would make sense. You rely on that support from the... You know, the fans or whatever. And it never made it to my Twitter feed, but did you, the, the announcers talk about how apparently Kota Ibushi has been moonsaulting his phone during lockdown? I, you know, I would have loved to have seen Kota Ibushi moonsaulting his phone come across my social media feeds in the last <laughs> couple of months. I unfortunately never got any of that. I, there's a lot of other things going on, unfortunately. I guess. Um, yeah, Ibushi fights off a double team and hits a Hurricanrana on Taichi. Uh, he then beats Zack Sabre Jr. up in the corner until Sabre would catch him in a knee lock. And then we begin twisting the knee of Ibushi. Uh, we twist the knee, tags in Taichi, holds on to the knee. Taichi then smothers Ibushi with his boot. Uh, snapmare followed by a kick to the spine. Ibushi eventually cuts Taichi off with a drop kick. In comes the ace, Tanahashi, with a dragon screw on both Suzuki Goon members. Mm-hmm. Tanahashi with a slam and then goes to the second rope. It hits the somersault sent on for a two, which I just, there's something about that that just I, makes me laugh. Like, I just love <laughs> how excited people are to see him do it. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's impressive, you know. This is a guy that if, if the match is, you know, for any sort of title, has to hit at least two high fly flows to win the match. And, yeah, right. people get excited for the Brett's Rope somersault. They love it. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. kicks Tanahashi from the apron. Um, this distraction allows Tai Chi to choke Tanahashi with a rope. Has it hanging around and used yeah. it? Yeah, um, we're told. Used, what's that? We're told he got it out of his pants. Yes, and Rocky mentions that that was one of Izuka's methods <clears throat> before he retired. Yes, uh, Tanahashi then attacks. Um, yeah, Tanahashi attacked before the bell, and that allowed Taichi to not be checked properly by Red Shoes. Ah. So it's not Tanahashi's fault that he had a foreign object. Well, then, after he finally gets, like, found out a little bit with the rope, so they go to ringside, the choking continues as he grabs a camera cable and begins choking him, and I was just like, Kevin Kelly did it! He just said he's choking him with the camera cable. Like, he, he, I was like, I've, I, you know, we've, we've had this long-running thing of announcers be refusing to call these things camera cables, and goddammit, Kevin Kelly, he actually said a camera cable here was what the man was being choked with. Zach went after Ibushi, and that's the reason why he's not coming to Tanahashi's defense. Now using the camera cable. Whatever isn't nailed down, and sometimes what is. That's what Taichi will use to get the advantage and the victory for the tag team titles. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. I guess I, you know, I, have, to get, I have to commend him for that. <laughs> but so, yeah, the, the men get back into the ring, and Taichi just continues to choke him. Lots of choke. Uh, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. beats Ibushi up on the outside. He tags in and puts the straight jacket submission on. Um, tai Chi comes back in, chokes Tanahashi with his boot. Uh, <laughs> Sabre's back in with a cravat. I mean, they just Lots beat of the neck. hell out of Tanahashi. Yeah, neck working on Tanahashi here. We're told that 10 minutes have passed. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. continuing to work on the arm and neck with lots of different holds. You know the way that Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't ever keep one hold on for very long. Uh, Tana fights off the abdominal stretch style move and hits an inverted dragon screw leg whip on Zack Sabre Jr. He then tags in Ibushi, who hits the springboard dropkick, a running kick to Tai Chi, and a power slam moonsault combo for Zack Sabre Jr., but then he kicks out at two. 
ZSJ with fantastic series of kicks and sweeps to get free and tags in Taichi with Ibushi down. And now we're going to work over Ibushi just like we did with Tanahashi. Uh, So they're beating up on him here. Go ahead. It was not even like supposed to be, you know, like unhealthy here. They, they talk about how he's like the healthy member of the team. And it's like, then why are you beating him down? Like just keep beating Tanahashi up then. (laughs) Abushi asks for more kicks to the chest from Tai Chi, and Abushi hits a mean kick to the gut of Tai Chi as they begin, you know, trading these kicks. Uh, yeah. He absorbs it. Go, what's that? For a long time, these two go back and forth. Yeah, they trade these shots. Tai Chi applies a standing submission, and then Zia or Zack Saber Jr. runs in, locks one on on Tanahashi to stop him from breaking it up. But the good guys are able to counter both. Tana gets a clover leaf, but let's go in order to free Abushi. And then a dragon sleeper by the ace and a power bomb from Ibushi, but still Tai Chi kicks out somehow. Ibushi blocks a low blow and hits a knee to the face of Tai Chi, but Zack Sabre Jr. runs in and applies a sleeper hold that he just like jumps on him with it, and the ref allows for some reason. Uh, they don't tag. Uh, the whole deal becomes stopping Ibushi from the Kamagoye eventually. Uh, he goes for the last ride power bomb, but somehow Kota Ibushi, or not Kota, but the other man kicks out. Taichi removes his pants. And I was just like, man, this match is just still going here. Uh, Ibushi catches the super kick, flips him around, and then hits a head kick. Both men are down. Tana wants the tag. He's fired up. He gets it. He shouts at Taichi, but Taichi blocks a sling blade. Tana counters a counter, and Taichi dodges and delivers a big elbow to the face. Yeah, so Tanahashi's kind of cut off there at that point. Um, Zach Sabre Jr. comes in. Tana blocks the place kick attempt. He then slaps Zach across, or I'm sorry, slaps Zach, but his backslide attempt was blocked. Twist and shot from Tanahashi, followed by a sling blade. Tai Chi breaks up that count. Tanahashi with a flying crossbody. Uh, tai Chi would then take Tanahashi out again. Ibushi gets hit with a Zach driver, which is just a Michinoku driver. Um, all four men are down in the ring. I miss I miss Takamichinoku being around for Zack Sabre Jr. He's been around, gone for a while now, but even before the COVID stuff started. Yeah, I wonder if he's coming back. Um, Zack and Tana are left in the ring. Tanahashi hits the sling blade. Zack, though, got his knees up on a high fly flow attempt. Taichi with the iron glove. <sighs> he's the Azuka now. Onibushi. Tanahashi ducks the iron glove attempt. Uh, but Taichi catches him in a Saito-style suplex. Taichi then holds Tanahashi as Zack Sabre Jr. just twists his knees <laughs> for what felt like an hour. <laughs> yeah, he does the dragon screw left and then right on both legs. So four yeah. dragon screws. It takes forever. Tana's writhing in pain, and then he delivers yeah. more dragon screws. Like you said, it just continues. It, I mean, listen, I'm not saying it wasn't brutal, but it was just a bit much. Uh, we get a Zack driver and then a kick combination, and your winners and new tag team champions, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. They just they put it to Tanahashi and beat him just fucking resoundingly. Like there it you go. It was one sided. Yeah, by the and end you, of it. And you have Ibushi in there, and he didn't do shit. Well, Ibushi got knocked out with the Iron Glove. So, oh, you're right. I forgot about the Iron. That's what Glove. got rid of him from the match. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, dude, Tai Chi looks like 
legit. I've I've never seen joy in this man's face. He looked legitimately sure. over the moon to have won this tag match with Zack Saber Jr. As they're like hugging and and celebrating for winning the title, and then they continue their celebration by just stomping on Tanahashi's knees some more. Another staple of the night. Then we just keep beating them up after the bell as well. Yeah, uh, they hit the Black Mephisto on Ibushi back in the ring, and they drag him and leave him, leave the two men laying in a heap as they go to the back. Yeah. And Kevin and Rocky just begin naming every tag team in New Japan when they're trying to think of, who can beat these guys? And then they just start going, <laughs> well, maybe these guys. Well, maybe these guys. Well, I don't know about that. You know, it's yeah. just kind of interesting there. Uh, we didn't get another break because they're gonna clean. They got to clean it up before the main event. You know, they got to get it nice for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, they've got to re-sanitize, and so I hit the scrubber again and skip forward to where. Like, anything? Any notes on uh, in the in between there, Tony? Did you watch all of this? Uh, no, you didn't miss anything this time. Um, okay. They we get and they just they start playing the background video for Evil and Naito. So yeah, that's when I I jumped back in. Was the hype video there? Uh, we go to yep. July 11th, the final with Okada versus Evil, and Gato and Bullet Club getting involved, and Evil won with the Everything Is Evil, which is the rock bottom. If you don't know, no, it's not even that. It's like the STO. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's like the more of a leg sweep version of a rock bottom. New Japan's like method is it's like if a move's not impressive but it's a finisher, they just say it really loud with a lot of enthusiasm. Yes. Everything is evil. I was like, oh, well, that's not that impressive, but okay. <laughs> and like the footage that they're showing, they're showing clips that have like some Bullet Club guys in there. Jado's shirt just reads, so what, comma, I don't care. And I'm just like, what is this t shirt that he's wearing? <laughs> like, I, it's just, uh, I, I sent you the text, man. I'm like, they, they got to get these Bullet Club guys back over yeah. there because yep. this is to make out, to make this group. Is as dominant as they've ever been, and <laughs> they are led by Jado, Gato, Dick Togo, Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> like this is this is not a good Bullet Club. Like oh. evil, and it doesn't help that I'm not exactly sold on evil. Like it's yeah. I'm still adjusting to that. And no, the the loss of the New Zealand guys is what I feel like is the kill, the biggest killer. Like you've got. You know, all four, like four of your big guys. Like, I don't know where Kenta's at. I don't know why he's he, not around. He's here. He's in the States as well. That's, he's oh, another one okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. That's... There's, you could argue, and I don't know how long this was all in the plans, but you could argue that this is Kenta's spot. Yeah, it does kind of feel like that might be the case. Because but, Kenta, I mean, was, I mean, Kenta was scheduled to, you know. He was moving up. Yeah, to have matches with Naito, so yeah, definitely he was moving up. But it, as far as like the, the you know the betrayal storyline, they've been building this evil stuff for like That's true of him leaving and you know failing to do the thing before the G one and all that stuff. They've been building this for a while, and they kind of yeah. reveal that here with the they show footage of Evil's first appearance. Um, you know him and Naito back and forth, and uh, we get like by the time they're done, dude. Like I was like they made Evil look unstoppable, man. Like he looked like such a badass with this video. But they yep. do a lot of the uh, Inception style, boom, like things in between things. It gets your attention every time. Oh yeah, but that brings us to match eight, seven, seven. Match seven for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship match because why defend these at separate uh, dates? We'll just defend them at the same time for no reason. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
Suddenly, it's the undisputed champion. It's evil with Jado, Ishimura, Yujiro Takahashi, and Gato coming to the ring, taking wow. on by himself Tetsuya Naito, yeah. representing Los and Gobernables, but without his teammates with him. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily know how I feel about this dual champion thing. Like, it, like you said, is this now an undisputed championship? And we're just always going to have somebody carrying both belts. It just I have no idea. Now, now I feel like they've stepped into an area where it's like, well, I, can you separate them at all now or what? <laughs> well, I mean, you need I my my guess is now that you have a heel being the spoilers. Now that you have a heel champion, you can have yeah. them be like, well, I'm only defending one at one time and then they can lose the one and then that's true. Split them up that way. But yeah, we see a very disappointed evil fan in Milano collection AT at ringside. He's still got his old toys here. Um, but yeah, evil comes out with his hair in front of his face. He's got, uh, less Reaper like gear, but still kind of evil looking gear with like guns on it now. And the announcers yep. point out, Hey, he's got new music. He's got new gear. This wasn't a last second decision. This is something he's been planning for a long time, which on one hand I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good thing to point out. On the other hand, I'm like, Hmm, that's maybe don't point that out. Cause that is almost kind of ridiculous. This was supposed to be like some shocking like surprise if it's like well but okay who produced his new music and his video well and just, then said, okay wink wink bullet club i'll wait until he debuts and then i'll we'll play it i like, imagine just the the idea being that evil and like gato were in communication right. for a while and like gato being the you know the booker extraordinaire could have all that stuff taken care of sure yeah that's yeah you're right yeah, evil so, does a, a handgun pose. I can't. I didn't quite get it all down, but like, he ends up like with his hand like kind of like in front. Like, because all the Bullet Club guys have to have their individual handgun poses, so his is now like this. Like, he just right. he does like the James Bond style like DVD cover gun yeah. pose. <laughs> Whatever works. At least he doesn't have his giant scythe and helmet falling off his head. Yeah, anymore. no, no dark eyeshadow either anymore. Oh yeah. But there is um, a, a yeah. as Naido comes out, did you see the little cute Naido fan that his parents are apparently very nice parents and went and bought him replicas of both belts so that he can hold them? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Championships. Yeah. Oh. Thanks a lot, mom and dad. Um, yeah, the Red Shoes isn't having any of this business with the club at ringside. No. And we proceed to waste what felt like a day of time here as... <laughs> It was like, I don't know, like in New Japan, they really sometimes oversell the whole like, what, what? You know, it's like I don't yeah. need five minutes of you guys like saying what and like trying to push your chest into the, the referees. And- the crowd is into this match so much that like, yeah. they're like rhythmically clapping from the time yeah. like the music stops, like waiting for Naito and and and, and Evil to start. And so the whole time these guys are leaving, they're also like rhythmically clapping. So you're like, are they reacting to them leaving? Are they excited about that? Are they excited about the right. match getting underway? Like what is, yeah. what's happening? So yeah, they finally, I think they also have to do it this slow because otherwise you'd have to watch Jado walk 10 steps behind well, everybody else as it takes him longer well, to get out of there. Well, we'll talk about that here in a minute as yeah. well. Um, yeah, but the ring. not only that, so very much in the Gato Southern Wrestling style, after he, they do leave, Evil immediately powders before anything All can right. happen, making Naito wait even longer. But All Naito right. has had enough. He, you know, of all the guys to, to get impatient, it's Tetsuya Naito hits a baseball slide kick, throws Evil into the barricades around the ring, and we are underway. 
Uh, Naito runs Evil's head off of the ringside table. The announcers tease a possible Gallows and Anderson return as Naito is in control. And uh, Evil turns the tides and begins running Naito into barricades as well, eventually here early on in this one. Yeah, he's uh, even stretching the knee of Naito between the guardrails mm-hmm. using the steel. <laughs> Evil gets a and table there's our, out. There's our, our, your favorites aren't their, their usual spot or people that they are because Naito's knee will become the uh, the storyline here. Uh, all these guys, just take a few months off and then no more injury storylines. Um, Evil gets a table, puts it next to the ring. <coughs> Naito slips off the shoulders of Evil, though, avoiding whatever evil he had planned for him at that point. He then goes over and breaks toys that belong to Milano Collection AT. <laughs> yeah, so Evil, not not he, he's perfectly fine not having Milano as a fan anymore. It was heartbreaking. So then Milano hops the guardrail, <laughs> and I was excited about this, but it doesn't really go well. He just whips him into the guardrail, and Milano just looks kind of sad by all this. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so Evil's mean. He threw Milano into the guardrail. Uh, we get more legwork on Naito with the barricade. Uh, Kevin Kelly says his first show had the arrival of Evil into uh, New Japan as, as the new member of LIJ. Yeah. So there's an interesting connection between Evil and Kevin Kelly. So the arrival of English. But the arrival of English commentary full time also is the arrival of the man they call e- Everything is Evil. And it's hilarious that that is at the same time as well. Um, more leg holds here for uh, Naito, but he's able to get the rope break. Uh, Naito begins firing off chops, and Evil's talking all kinds of shit about it the whole time. Uh, as soon as Naito fires up, though, Evil kicks his hurt leg and retakes control. Naito counters a slam, but Naito's knee begins being an issue as it buckles. Uh, Naito fires back with a seated drop kick, a corner kick, the combination cabrón, as Rocky Romero calls it, and then a neck breaker by Naito as he has the full leg full Nelson on Evil. Uh, and Naito forces Red Shoes to untie them, forcing the rope break. Man, who had a full Nelson? It, well, it's, it's Naito's got his legs wrapped around the neck and arms of evil. Okay. And it's called a full Nelson by Kevin Kelly. And Rocky calls it something else immediately. I don't know if it's le- legitimately a full Nelson. Ah, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, so uh, evil continues to work over the knee of Naito. Um, he actually moved to the apron and attempted a knee breaker. Naito counters and hits a neck breaker on the apron on Evil. Um, Naito then goes out and gets the table and brings it closer to ringside. It looked as if maybe he was going to pile drive Evil through it. Evil, though, is able to escape and delivers a knee breaker through a table, which that was a first. <laughs> Dude, that thing. Yeah. It was brutal, though, but it was, I'd never seen that before. That was great, yeah. He just threw you know, the very end of Naito's knee right through the table there. Um, yeah, Naito writhing in pain as 20 minutes, 20 minutes have passed. I was like, okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> right. Uh, Red Shoes would block an evil chair attempt with the table as a shield, which just cracked me up. I, yeah. like, I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, Naito is cut on his back. That probably hurts. And uh, takes a 19 count before Naito is able to roll back into the ring, which the Naito character is a bit of a conundrum in many ways. Like, he's my favorite wrestler in New Japan. Okay. But I do think it's like 
why wouldn't the Naito character just take the count out? Yeah, just keep the belts and not have to deal like, with this evil guy that just betrayed yeah, you. Exactly. Like, eh, whatever. Like, we'll have the fight. <laughs> you know, I don't you know. Like, I just yeah, that is a little bit strange to me because he's also somebody that doesn't care about anything. It's kind of how he's sold, you know. So. Well, until the the quest for the double gold, and then he began caring about that at least. But well, that's true. The quest, but I didn't necessarily know that it was going to continue. I suppose gotcha. a- afterwards. So yeah, I don't know. Just the Lij thing is also. No, it's a good point though, because Lij is also tough because they're like a babyface faction, but they don't act like babyfaces. Yeah, they're they're all so, too cool and right. They're all very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in different ways. <laughs> Evil's right back to the leg of Nido after he comes in, locks on the sharpshooter, which they're calling the Scorpion <laughs> Deathlock. Apologies. Yeah, Scorpion Deathlock. Damn it. Uh, crowd continuously behind Naito here. Big applause for the rope break after a long time in the Scorpion Deathlock. Yep. Rocky says, this isn't the same Naito from Wrestle Kingdom. So there you go, Tony. There's the theme of the night. This isn't the same man you've seen before. This is this is a different Naito. Uh, big uh-huh. clothesline for a two count. Naito somehow kicks out. Darkness falls by evil, but Naito kicked out. Naito then counters and hits a weird diving maneuver. They call it the Diamond Dust, where he's like jumps over the guy and like pulls their mm-hmm. head down. Yeah, it's like a flipping over stunner. Uh, both men are down as the crowd is clapping along. They're really into the end of this one. Uh, they're trading forearm shivers. Uh, both men back to their feet finally. Naito kind of smirks a little bit, and then Evil immediately goes right back to the knee and rakes the eyes. We get a big tornado DDT from Naito. He hits the Gloria on Evil, which always brings the Laura Brannigan song spot song into my head, uh, but kicks out at two. Naito begins showing a bit of emotion here, and the announcers point that out. Naito hits the top rope Frankensteiner, but doesn't cover. Instead, he slowly stares at the crowd, and then Evil stops the Destino and throws Naito into the referee, Red Shoes. And, oh, here comes the run-in, bursting through the curtain. It's Giotto. And he is moving slower than maybe anyone I've ever seen in a run-in. I just don't know why they thought this was a good idea. You have how many people in 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 Bullet Club? I mean, I oh, get I that mean, they're I they're. Here, I get that they don't have a lot of people here tonight, but right. Just any of the other guys come out. Like, why even have Jado be involved? Yeah, so he gets like halfway down the ramp, and then Ishimori. Just sprints past him like a bullet flying by him. Yeah. And it's a springboard senton taking, you know, kind of West Coast pop, takes uh, uh, Naito, Na- Na- takes Naito out. Here comes Hiromu Takahashi. He <laughs> runs in and stops Jado with a super kick and then an overhead tossing belly to belly on Ishimori into the corner. So Hiromu has forwarded the Bullet Club's attempts here. I love. Um, I loved him fighting them to the back as well. Like he wasn't gonna just like take them out and run off. He he made sure they left as well. And then this is when I noticed Naito with a slight smile on his face, as you know he seemed to appreciate what Hiromu had done. Nice, nice. I missed that one. So oh, no, yeah, so he does that. Yeah, there he it is. Goes, <laughs> he walks to the corner to pick Evil up. Evil has been playing possum, and he uses the chair to the midsection, and then across the head of Naito. Yeah, breaking the middle out of the chair. So, Red Shoes now back into the ring. Because, so, folks, this isn't no disqualification either. No, no, but he's been down, so that's why all this <laughs> right. has been taking place. Enzigiri from Naito 
30 minutes, 30 minutes have passed. Naito in the corner hits a spinning reverse DDT and still Evil's able to kick out. Naito then shouts and the fans clap furiously, hits a brain buster, wants the Destino, but Evil blocks it with a low blow. Here comes Bushi. Well, it looks like Bushi. He claps for Naito to get up, but then he cracks Naito in the face and then pulls out a rope and strangles Naito. And the fans are night, folks. the fans are just like silent. Yeah, they're just kind of watching here because obviously there's no booing, but there's it, there's no way to react like negatively without like without having the boo ability. Like you can't just stomp. Uh, yeah. Kevin Kelly asks if it's another betrayal, and Bushi pulls Red Shoes away as Naito has a very purposeful stomp low blow in the middle of the ring. And the announcers say Bushi was never to be trusted because, of course, Rocky Romero has always hated Bushi, and I love that tie-in here. Uh, We get the everything is evil from evil. He pins him one, two, three, and your winner and new double champion is evil. And then it's revealed very quickly. Well, not very quickly. They, They wait a long time to reveal, but Dick Togo is the man that they reveal taking off the Bushi mask. Yeah. How many Rainmakers did Naito kick out of at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, and he, yeah, a lot. And he got down to one. Everything is evil. Well, when you win the title, you the move is powerful, and then it gets uh, depleted as you defend. That's that's okay. the case. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know that the crowd necessarily was like. I just didn't feel like they liked this at all. This was where I just felt felt like it was too much of the night, man. It was one of those nights. I felt like the idea was, all right, we got to like mm-hmm. quarter hard. And start really pushing to the end of the year, and even to Wrestle Kingdom at the beginning of next year. Yeah, and in doing so, there's just, it's just all the the Okada, the Tanahashi, and the Naito stuff just all felt like it was too much in one night. Yes, you know? yeah, every bad guy lot won. Like, yeah, all the bad guys won, and it was like a very similar situation on all of our heroes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. They were all battling an injury, kind of for the most part, was like you know one of the yeah the ones that was throughout it, or you know they all it was just like three people all kind of having the same storyline in one night, you know that's true. Like, it's all probably fine for the long road, and it'll all work itself out to some degree. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I mean it's a good way to get somebody over quickly, but man, evil double champion beats night. I just. <laughs> Not really there yet. And then, and then the new the new heater for Bullet Club, Dick Togo. Which listen, I know everybody online has talked about how he's listen. Dick Togo is he great? I don't remember him. Dick Togo was in Kai and Tai and was involved in the choppy choppy pee pee segment. That is all anybody knows about Dick Togo. (laughs) But oh, he did that. He's like, yeah, no, he was part of Michinoku Pro, and he was okay. ECW, you know, when they came in that match, like. Yeah. yeah, it's just okay, Gato. Like, I think all your friends now work in the company. Like, yeah, can we stop bringing in vaguely remembered Japanese stars from the late '90s to manage these new guys? Well, at least he's in Gato's uh, faction here. So, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, they they tell us you know he's a former Bereha of Jado and Gato, and uh, and here comes Hiromu Takahashi. He chases them off as they begin stomping on Naito after their celebration. The fans applaud as Naito is taken to the back, and Hiromu has something to say to Evil, so he grabs a microphone. He says he wants to be Evil's first challenger, 
Evil gets something. I, that's what they kind of let us know that he said. We don't actually have Chris Charlton here to translate right. these things. Um, evil yeah. gets in the ring and just about to say something and then just sniffs and drops the mic and walks away. And uh, Hiromu wails and shouts from the ring and just like, it's like the fucking mom in, in Hereditary. Like, Jesus. No, he does. This was everywhere because everyone was just like, Hiromu <laughs> is all of us in 2020. Like, yes. <laughs> he broke, man. They broke him. That's it. Um, they don't even bring it up. It's like, could Hiromu, pot- Hiromu potentially be a triple champion? That'd be quite an accomplishment. Yeah, because he's the current junior, isn't he? Yeah, that'd so be I, interesting. I don't think that can happen, though, because they're very strict with their junior and heavyweights. But whatever. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, Hiromu breaks down. Rocky wonders where Sonata and Bushi stand on all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they they point out that you know Shingo, Sonata, and Bushi aren't coming out, and Hiromu's just wailing in the ring like is uh, Lij Kevin done for? Really, I felt like was you know stuck giving us like the wrap up on Empire Strikes Back, just like there yes. has to be hope out there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, he's like it's a sad ending. Everything's evil. Good night. <laughs> Everything's evil. All your favorites lost and are hurt and they suck now. Like it's, <laughs> it's tough. But don't worry, Togi Makabe will be on the next card too, so we'll be we'll be okay. <laughs> Woo! What is I guess what yeah. would be the next normally what would well, be the Well the G one whatever they're oh, doing with the right. G one is going to be taking right. place at some point, so huh. I wonder yeah, if otherwise do- like King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle would be the next one. One of those two. I think you're right. Um, it'd be. It, I would. I wonder if they would do a G1 like they did the New Japan Cup and just let juniors be a part of it. There was talk of like less people that I had okay. heard, like maybe doing like a smaller run like that. Like that wouldn't be a bad idea, but I don't know. We'll see what they decide to do. Less people wouldn't be. I mean, you know, under the circumstances, that's not a terrible idea. You know. Yeah. Because. Because there, you know, I mean, if you go back in the day, like there were tournaments of the G one, like yeah. one of the first ones and stuff, like had Ric Flair in it, and there was like seven, eight guys yeah. in the tournament completely, like. Oh yeah. So we'll see how they decide to do it. But overall, this show I thought was a bit of a downer show, like you had said with those the big matches. Like it was just too much of the same thing as far as the right. ending, as far as the storylines. The main event, I am very intrigued with Evil being the title holder. You know what? is going to be of Bullet Club when you have three potential leaders in Kenta, him, and fucking, you know, knife pervert, uh, Jay White. So I'm interested to see where they're going from here. But as far as this show, I thought the Never Openweight title was my match of the night, and it stood head and shoulders above everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was the definitely the match of the night. Um you know the the two other title matches were also both very well, you know, very good. Yeah. Um, as far as I just, it was just a lot of the same. You know. Yeah. That I was get that. It was like it was very clear. You know, they had goals to accomplish mm-hmm. on this show to kind of prepare. You know what was com- what's coming next. But my goodness, man! Like, just you don't come away feeling all that. You no, know, there's no like warm and fuzzy feeling about this show. That's for sure. Well, because we let the show sneak up on us a little bit this year, last year we kind of watched it like the night of, like it happened, and then we had like another sh- show like of this review like very quickly. Because I don't remember having Dave Meltzer's star ratings last year, but Dave Meltzer has put out his star rating here for this one. So would you like to compare yours to his? Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so Dave Meltzer, first match, multi-man number one, Nagata's team versus Great Bash Heel. What did you give this one? I gave this match one and a half stars. Seems fair to me. Dave Meltzer, 2.25 stars. Yeah, okay. Number two, multi-man, LIJ versus Chaos. Um, this one, again, it was a it was a solid matchup. Everyone in LIJ kind of being down. Mm-hmm. I thought away from it a little bit. Um, Tori Yano was still fun. Uh, I gave this match two and a half stars. I'm right there with you. Uh, Dave Meltzer, I guess you can just go with the usual uh, curve here. Add one star. 3.5 stars for Dave Meltzer on that one. Uh, it does seem to be the case. Suzuki Goon and Te- versus Tenzon and Master Watto's team. You know, this one had flashes that were really good. Ken Amura has uh, actually impressed me in this one. I think him and Master Watto. Mm-hmm. Could have some, could have some solid matches. Um, I give this match two stars. Hey, ding, ding, ding! Right on the mark with Dave Meltzer as well. Two stars okay. from the Melts. Number four, Okada and Goto versus Bullet Club. Boy, this match! Uh, it was just I just couldn't believe how it went. The action itself was good though. I gave this match three stars. I did actually oh, enjoy wow. the match. So three yeah. stars from from Tony. Dave Meltzer, 1.75 stars. Not a Yujiro Takahashi fan, I take it. And Or, or he just can't handle lo- watching his boy Okada lose. I don't know. That might be the case. Match five, the start of our title matches here. Shingo versus Show for the Never of Weight title. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, this is my match of the night as well. I gave this match four stars. Dave Meltzer liked it as well. 4.5 stars for Dave, so... Up me. There you go. Match six, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tanahashi and Ibushi. It says a lot about the talent of a lot of these people involved in this match. When you think about it, it was just Tanahashi getting beat up for 20 minutes, it seemed like. But I enjoyed this match quite a bit, and I gave it three and a half stars. Dave Meltzer also really liked this match. 4.25 stars for Dave Meltzer for this uh, this tag match here. He likes the pants re- removal, I think. Match seven. Evil versus Naito, our main event. What'd you give it? Well, you know, I like Naito so much that that helped matters out quite a bit. Uh, still coming around on Evil. I gave this match three stars. Pretty close to what Dave Meltzer gave. 2.75 stars from Dave Meltzer for this main event. He's not a, he's not sold on Evil either. I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, the comparison there. As far as cage match, the show is currently listed at 6.52 out of 10 with 72 votes counted. And uh, as far as the low side of that, Big Daddy Bad gave it a 2 out of 10 and wrote, <laughs> Overall, this show was terrible. The undercard tags added nothing to possible feuds for the upcoming tours. The main event sure. was the worst IWGP title events in recent memory. Same boring Bullet Club formula with an unpredictable finish just the sake of being unpredictable. The Never title and IWGP tag title matches were the only redeeming qualities. Well, I I think his opinion isn't wildly different. He just gave it, it more a extreme much about more. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the same note, Dizzy Techno gave it a three out of 10 and wrote, we were so worried about WWE Japan that we didn't realize new Japan had already become WWE Japan weak undercard joke of a main event. Three points for the two other title matches, though. Those were all right, but the still, really bad show for the most part. So two fans that did not like it. On the other side, we have King Switch, who gave it a 9 out of 10 and said, People getting worked so hard in the comments. The event until the title matches is just boring. Show versus Shingo was amazing. 
DT versus GA was good. Glad my boy Zachy Big Techers got the belt. And the main event was really creative. The main event was just beating, or the main event just being Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Naito, and Jay White is boring. Also, half the roster is locked in USA Canada because of COVID, and the Bullet Club okay. doesn't have members, so Evil betrays LIJ, joins the Bullet Club, faces Naito in a decent match, not great, wins the belt, hard to take if you're an LIJ mark, and then Hiromu challenges him. For me, I thought it was uh, great for the story since New Japan doesn't have any top Japanese heels. Evil is perfect and can do a great heel as well. People need to understand that New Japan tries some crazy shit like this once in a while. The Rainmaker shock, the Jay White beating Kenny Omega shock, Romu beating Kushida, because they believe on their stars. Then they bet everything. Stop being a mark and see the situation wisely. I love seeing Naito winning the belt in Wrestle Kingdom, but Evil winning the belt is interesting as fuck and really innovative. Overall, interesting show. 9 out of 10. Yeah, the best way to expose yourself as being a fucking mark is to call other people mark. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, he had some good points, but every time that it, you get to calling people a mark, yeah, I can't yeah, help like, but give him a good voice. Now attitude. Yeah. Like, oh, your opinion, sir. Let us bow down before you. All of us are stupid. <laughs> You smart. Like, oh goodness. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like you're not wrong either. Like why why you gotta throw in that asshole stuff that wasn't necessary? Yep. <laughs> See, I don't think it was a nine, I don't think it was a two. I'd probably be more right. in the like six right where that average was at. I felt like that was pretty pretty well, good example there. Yeah, no, and the thing that I would say just about like, you know, wrapping it up a little bit with the show is I do really appreciate and it's really something to be commended when you just think about how invested New Japan is in their homegrown talent, yeah, you know, in the guys that come up through their system, that go through all the heart, you know, all the pain, mm-hmm. all the excursions, the you know, maybe the long years and multi-man tag match, you know, yeah, and but you know, it seems like these guys though they have all they all at least have the opportunity to be top guys in the company, you know, what I mean, like at yeah, at varying times. I mean, if you just look at kind of your current class, I mean, you, I have. You know, Hiromu Takahashi, Evil, Jay White, Sho, and Yo. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when all five of those guys were in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yep. You know, when they were all just kind of doing their deal. And, you know, so it's, you see how they're brought back in, how they're integrated. And even someone like Evil that you're kind of like, really? But then you think about, well, he's from the ground up kind of guy, you know. And I also, there's probably a loyalty to that, too, that they appreciate where they think those, those people won't yeah. leave them, you know. From that perspective, it makes sense. Also, like, I saw a bunch of people pointing out, because I guess the internet reaction immediately was just like, what? How would it even yeah. be possible win two, two belts? But like, so if you really point it out, like, and, and you track what evil's been, a lot of, the problem is, a lot of people, when they watch New Japan, only watch the main events, they only see the pay-per-views, and they only see like the gifts and stuff, so evil gets right. skipped over, like, he's been Im- immensely successful throughout these last two years, like mm-hmm. every time, like having good runs, anytime he met, wrestles in singles matches, he has impressive wins over guys like Okada and such in the G1. Like yep. he's, they've been con- slowly but surely building him up throughout yep. this time as like the second and most dangerous member of LIJ until Shingo came around. Then they're like, well, this guy's just so goddamn impressive. They gave him a year of, of shine. But, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I didn't expect them, if, you know, if you had asked me at Wrestle Kingdom if Evil would be the dual champion at some point this year, I would have not at all bet anything that that would have happened. Nope. I'm right there with you. But we'll <laughs> like, see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't know. I'm 
going to try to keep an open mind, but yeah, I'm not exactly on the evil bandwagon. <laughs> oh, goodness. So that's, that's our thoughts on Dominion of 2020. Of course, New Japan continues on. The rest of the wrestling world continues on. And, Tony, we continue on. And a bit of a, a, a belated tie-in, I guess, to the horror show that is taking place with WWE that, of course, we'll cover in our current wrestling next week. We have the extreme world of ECW, and we're heading to their summertime of 2000, I believe. That's right. Heat Wave 2000 is the show. WWE may have gotten extreme this week. We'll get extreme next week. Bring you all the action that took place in the Grand Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles in July of 2000. Uh, a fun card that includes Jerry Lynn and Steve Carino in a singles match. A four-way dance between uh, Tajiri, Mikey Whipwreck, Little Guido, and Psychosis. Ooh. ECW championship match, Rhino defending against the Sandman. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of hope for that being a technical yeah. masterpiece, but all right. Rob Van Dam and Scotty Anton, the former Scotty Riggs, going one-on-one. And then a main event stairway to hell match for the ECW World Championship. Just incredible defending against Tommy Dreamer. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm always interested whenever we get the ECW shows that are from way far away from Philadelphia. Like when you get Philly and New York, that's one thing. But when they're, you know, in these other towns when they actually started touring and such, uh, it's, it's always interesting. Well, and that's why they also probably went out of business. You know, like, yeah. what yeah. are you doing in L.A., Paul? Like, <laughs> get the hell east, all right? What are you doing? Uh, like, at least do the, start, you know, completely dominating the East Coast before you go all the way over to L.A. there. I mean, yeah, you weren't paying your guys at this point, but hey, you're in L.A. So anyway. From Huntsville, Alabama, it's ECW. No. I also think this is the show where we might, we'll probably get uh, the little XPW. Uh, Ooh, okay. Special. I think they're in... Maybe in the crowd on this one. I can't remember. Nice. Can't remember if this one where they all got beat up in the parking lot afterwards or what the deal was. So, anyway. Well, it'll be fun to check that out. Always a good time checking out the world of ECW. And when Tommy Dreamer's on top, you can at least count on something interesting. Um, so, that'll bring us to the end of our week this week. If you want to keep up with us in the meantime, until our ECW Heatwave interview or review, you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter for Facebook. Just search for the name of the podcast, Golden Age of Grappling. For Twitter, it's at GrappleCast, or if you'd like to follow me individually on Twitter, I'm at Deadpool1205. You can follow me, Tony G, at BeyondSanity19. Catch you next week for ECW Heatwave from 2000. So this week, uh, the horror show is going on, so not really a whole lot of cause for talk about Raw or SmackDown, but we'll talk about the AEW fight for the Fallen. Yeah. Took place. Because now they just name their shows every week, and it's See, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a special. It's a special. Like, I didn't fully, I don't think I fully finished the show, but does did they do anything about, like, the charity stuff at all? No. Nah. Then nah. why did they call it that? Like, just don't call they it. they own it. I mean, but just, they own it. They just didn't have to hold off for, for a few weeks. It's like, I get that they want to, like, name it because there's a title match on the card, but... It's like you've had title matches on the show before, like on Dynamite. Like, just have yeah. it be a main event title match. Like, it's a dangerous precedent to to do this too, because it. I don't know. Now, can you do anything cool on just a de- an episode of Dynamite, or do yeah. we have to name an yeah. episode every time you're gonna have like a special match? Because so. like that's that's all there really was. Like, it felt like an episode of Dynamite 
except right. for the main event, and then like yeah. Sonny Kiss treated it like it was a pay per view with his entrance. But <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, yeah, that match was pay per view quality, but those open challenges are probably going to be about like that every week. Yeah, I mean, they're always going to. Well, that, it's always going to be a. It's always going to be a big match feel. I, I think. Well, that match itself felt like like you said. It just, it, for me, it just felt like it was another dynamite. Like the whole show right. pretty much felt just like another dynamite to me. And then yeah. it was just like, well, okay, you just named this because you had to push off the, your your champions match for exactly. a week. Pretty sure that's exactly what happened. But all of that aside, um, a show did take place. And speaking of uh, one sunny kiss. I will say, sorry to interrupt you, not on the wrestling side of things and what all happened on TV, but when you had this this show that last year was based on a charity for, like, you know, shooting victims or whatever, and then this year you've got this whole big thing going on with Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. It seems like there's a real easy tie in there that you could have done a charity segment and given a few bucks to something. Now that you mention that, that's, uh, yeah, that's like, it really true. seems like a missed uh, opportunity there. Yeah, well, they've been dealing with plenty of hot water this weekend anyway. <laughs> so maybe they didn't want to step in it anymore. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the opening match, we have the TNT title, Cody successfully defending against Sonny Kiss in an absolutely, you know, outstanding match. What a showing for Sonny Kiss. Um, you know, I not, do. Good. Not that anyone, not that I think people that have been following for a long time were surprised, but, you know, to a national audience and to more casual wrestling fans that maybe never had an opportunity, um, it was quite a, quite a, you know, a display, you know, as mm-hmm. far as your first, your first big chance goes. I will say watching him like get a, get a chance to wrestle like a singles match here where it's a little bit more, you know, in depth where you actually get to like the, you know, some of the longer elements of matches that you don't get with just like a quick, you know, tag match or whatever. Um, right. Seeing some of that stuff, it, it did bring to mind that it was like, I like a lot of like the way that like Sunny Kiss moves around the ring and stuff and how it's mm-hmm. so unique compared to everyone else. Sure. I feel like he should work a little bit with Kenny Omega on suddenness with a little bit of a few of his moves. There's a few like DDTs where it's like, and if you just would like drop down quicker, like it would look right. way more like yeah. violent, like which some of it, it just it, th- those are the elements where you kind of get like you've mentioned it a few times. We've seen the longer private party matches where it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, there was a little bit, of, you know, there's a little bit of cooperation visible there where sure. you might have been able to make it look more more like fighting, but well, and they've overall, been fairly transparent with. You know the uh, the ability of some of their younger members of the roster and mm-hmm. how they have been taking additional training and stuff. I mean, you know, Sonny Kiss just graduated college. That's I crazy. Mean, you know, so the sky's the limit. You know what yeah. I mean? So now the focus can really be all on wrestling, and so I think it's just um, only only good can come from that. Yeah, it's just funny you mentioned that because I, you know, you think he's a guy that you know we, he's been around before AEW. He was a he was a known figure there. Yeah. You know, with his time on Lucha Underground and all that stuff. Sure. Like, sure. But no, you're right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's cra- yeah, it's crazy to imagine uh, the potential. So yeah, great stuff there. Cody wins. Uh, you know, more. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. More, I will say more crying wrestling, da- wrestling dad whispering into the ear of all the people I, that he beats. <laughs> I know. I'm really looking forward to this heel turn because I'm getting really sick of that. Because um, it's just I don't know. It's, it's like Danny Tanner at the end of every episode of Full House. Like everybody has to hug and like you know yeah. say something nice about each other before the credits roll. Yep. Um, yeah, something I did like about this match, and it also took place in the following match in- involving FTR, and that was the Tully Blanchard watching from the you know the shadows, mm-hmm. you know, and showing them showing that and making mention of it. Like I just, 
I, I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's nothing. I feel like that's something. So you think Cody will turn heel to join the tag team with uh with Tully's other man? I think you're gonna have a Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears, and FTR like four horsemen, horsemen thing. Yeah, that seems to be the way that it's managed landing. by the brainbusters, Tully and Arn Anderson. <laughs> like I just You might as just well see, like, well, because you also have now Sean Spears has been like making made the video about how he's going to continue the legacy of Barry Windham and like okay. made a whole connection there with the glove and stuff. And so we'll, he just named himself a horseman, basically. He's Barry Windham of the group. So. Nice. I don't know. You know, they, they might t- swerve it or maybe go in a little bit of a different direction. And he was watching for nefarious reasons because this group he's putting together is going to crush those guys or something. That but, might be. You know, we'll see what happens there. All right. Um, I love you know, the Sunny Kiss's entrance is great. Just another thing that made me laugh. But just go back and listen to Taz and Jr. do commentary oh, during Sunny's entrance. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's it's like your dad when you like you realize like oh, my son, you know, my son's a th- he's a theater kid. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm gonna I like football, but I'm gonna go support my theater kid son. And it's like that <laughs> that that kind of forced smile when you're just like, yes, this is. This is outstanding. I am so. This is guy. something. This is something. Yeah, it's like stop saying that <laughs> sentence. Like I don't mean. Uh, I don't know. It just no. cracked me up. Those two old, uncomfortable men. Having just watched the movie Book Smart, it, it felt a little bit like the uh, the, the parents of, of the lesbian girl yeah. in there with the. Uh, it's not Will Arnett. Oh. It's the other Will that I can never remember his last name. Forte. Yes. Uh, Will. Yeah. yeah, Will Forte from Book Smart with uh, what's her name from Friends. Ah, so good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, that was just that cracked me up. But great match. Um, Lucha Bros and FTR. You know, wow, it was really good stuff. Yeah, I like that certainly, match a lot. Certainly didn't disappoint there. Um, and I like that Bucks, it, it left it kind of like it's not like that was a definitive match between those two teams. You know, right? Well, the mask spot at the end was great. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling and the pin and all that it was just exactly what you would kind of expect the revival. I did hear the Lucha style, you know. I did hear a few people mentioning that they thought this was uh, the the Lucha Brothers kind of turning face. Did you feel like that was the case? It's it's so hard right now because you don't have fans for one thing. Yeah, um, I do. I'm pretty sure the Death Triangle is like just gone. Like I because that was my question. Me. I was like, if they turn face, you can't turn the po- right. the bastard face. Um, just like have him come I, back smiley all of a sudden. Because the FTR puts people in a tough spot right now. Because FTR is doing the whole like smiling in your face, stab you in the back gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, where they're like, "Oh yeah, we love you, G Shucks. This is great," you know. Yeah. But they're kind of bad at the same time. And they got this thing going on with the Bucks right now. Because when we we'll get dude, to I, that, who knows what the future is of the Bucks and their standing as far as babyface and heels go? So, dude, I thought that the uh, the the little bit with Omega there after the match was great stuff. Like, oh, that, yeah, exactly. This is the beginning of. An overall great night for Kenny Omega. Yeah, because the Bucks help FTR get their truck back. I, I don't really understand this relationship. Like, <laughs> like I've never seen people that are like, no, no, I'm going to be nicer to you than you're going to be to me. No, no, I'm yeah. going to be nicer to you. It's, you know, so Butcher and Blade, you know, lost the keys. Way to go, guys. Then Omega comes out with a cooler, hands beers to the Revival, who then proceed to open those beers and pour them over the head of Kenny Omega? Yeah, Kenny was even gonna—he was gonna drink one for him. Yeah. Like he was—he said he would—he would have just one. And 
trying to make a, a good faith uh, effort there and had it shoved in right. his face. Yeah, so whether it was in good fun or it was being an asshole, Kenny didn't like it. He <laughs> tried to attack. The Bucks held him back. Adam Page watched on from a bar backstage yes. and didn't care about any of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Um, the YTJ, you know, the Chris Jericho, Orange Cassidy stuff just continues to amaze. I don't. Did you watch all of this at least? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he <laughs> comes to the ring and he's kind of – Putting orange over slightly, you know, at least that you're know, like, hey, you, you did all right, you hung in there, um, but you know, he's the champion, and now you can go back to hugging your friends, and <laughs> blah blah blah. And then Orange Cassidy would emerge from like the uh, the crowd, kind of, and uh, they chant, "You're scared at Jericho," and he, of course, sells it amazingly and says, "You know, doesn't deserve, doesn't deserve to be in the same ring with him. He's a sloth." And he's entitled. I just like how when he talks about how like yeah. entitled Orange Cassidy is. It's always one of his things. <laughs> like, I don't know where he gets that part from. There never will be a rematch, and he can shove his sunglasses up his ass. And then Orange would do the <laughs> Triple H, I at least related to the old thumbs up, thumbs down movie. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the from the movie Gladiator, but yeah, that's your Gladiator, Joaquin Phoenix. You're right. But yeah, Triple uh, H and Batista and those guys right. kind of made a famous thing in wrestling. Yeah, so he gives the thumbs down, and then orange juice falls from the ceiling, <laughs> soaking Chris Jericho mostly in the inner circle. Yeah. Uh, I thought Santana was a bit much. It's like, all right, dial it back about, like, 20% there, dude. <laughs> he was doing the, like, you know, couldn't that Ortiz stand or Santana? Up, Yeah, yeah. Falling over repeatedly. Yep. Like, it, it's this is. I know this is all ridiculous, but it's, like, just... Just a skosh, man. Like just, just, I, just pull back a little. I enjoyed it. It's just he he jumped too early because like the right, the liquid right. kind of missed him at the beginning, and he went tumbling down when there was nothing near him. And then like once he was all soaked, I was down with it. But like that first right. slip, and they kept replaying it. I was like, that looks bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe he was startled by the orange juice, and that's why he fell. <laughs> that's um, possible. He is scared of water, so. That's true. Jericho goes into just awesome Jericho mode. And you know, this jacket costs $7,000. Oh, yeah. It's always buying these $1,000 jokes. Um, <laughs> and then he asks for a towel, and he's handed a giant beach towel with none other than Orange Cassidy's face on that towel. And yeah. another just great, like, don't use that towel, boss. Like, don't use that towel. <laughs> They're like, what? what? And he, like, fucking sees it. I mean, it was just, it was good stuff. So Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then he stayed and did commentary, and that was also yes. a delight throughout the rest of the show. Sticky mess the rest of the, the, rest of the show. Oh, man. Because oh. the matter he is, the more he, like, you know, insults Excalibur, and that makes me laugh as well. So. <laughs> yeah, at one point, I can't remember when it happens, but at one point he asked Jay, like, he says something about, how about me and you, JR, we go drinking. And then, <laughs> then he's like, we can leave Excalibur out of it. Out of it. <laughs> yeah, Excalibur's always like anytime something like that because we're like, oh, can I come? No, no, Excalibur, <laughs> you can't come. You're your stupid mask. Um, yeah, so back from the break, and Marco Stunt makes a big mistake here, laughing about what just happened to Chris Jericho and calling him an idiot, which is probably not a good idea when you're like yeah. four feet tall and you weigh 75 pounds. I hadn't thought about the, the effects that that could have in the future. Right. We'll see, though. He's got enough coming his way already. Um, yeah, they show the replay, and he calls Excalibur an idiot after the orange juice thing again. And now, and then we get a really fun six-man tag: Lucha Express and the Elite. Um, 
Kenny still seems bothered as they entered. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of got it, snapped out of it. It seemed like and was in the in the fix in the thick of things. But yeah, um, good stuff here. He gets in the, re- in the match though. He's rather rough with one Marco stunt. Yeah, like, yeah. During I'm, the match, even like, like that's during. That's what I enjoyed so much about Kenny Omega's like entire show was just like the way that like everything like fit together. Like the way that he wrestled this match made sense based on what had happened earlier in the show. He's yeah. upset. He's pissed off. Like his partner, who's pretty much a heel, is like constantly kind of pulling him in that direction. And then you've got right. the Bucks trying to pull him back in the other direction. Yeah. And so he gets in this match, doesn't even take his T-shirt off. The announcers even point out that when Kenny doesn't take his T-shirt off, that means he doesn't take the other person seriously. And then right. he just starts whipping Marco around. Yeah, like I I thought this was great storytelling. Yeah, no, good stuff here. Um, the Elite would eventually pick up the win, but it was a fun match. I mean, like I didn't you know talk, want to talk about every move in it, but it was yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really solid stuff there. Everyone, Luchasaurus looking great, you know, Jungle Boy as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, But post-match, Kenny just... Starts beating up Marco Stunt, <laughs> who's like the unofficial like mascot of AEW, you know. So it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Where it's like, you can't you can't beat up Marco, man. Come on. Well, it's just it's it's always it seems like the guy that everyone seems to go after whenever they're upset and around. He's, I mean, that is the like. All right, so we got this big guy. We want him to look like a jerk. Uh, yeah. Marco, yeah, Marco. We're gonna <laughs> let him throw you around for ten minutes. Hope that's all right. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, good stuff there. Kenny with a bit of a dark edge. We'll see more what happens in the weeks to come. Nyla Rose, DP, has a new manager. Yeah, and uh, I think you called it last week, didn't you? I think I mentioned like it would be a good idea. I'm sure I'm <laughs> going to regret it. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, this was, uh, you know, this is something. It's solid. I like yeah. it. You know, Vicky, I think, is a perfect manager. You know, mm-hmm. you know she's... And Nyla Rose isn't necessarily someone that's like desperate for a heat magnet, so it's really yeah. only gonna probably make things that much better for her. Well, so and with like with Vicky, it's like, you know, she wasn't like your everyday worker out there doing stuff like in indies and all that stuff, but right. you know, the time that she did have in WWE was very specifically like she knows how to talk. It might not be the best all the time, like she might not be yeah. the best like the most complex emotions. But right. she knows how to get information out there, and like if you have things that you need, uh, you know, accomplished, she's able to do that. She might be writing it out beforehand. Who knows? But you know, because some people really did poorly in the WWE during those heavily scripted years, and I mean, oh, they're yeah. still pretty heavily scripted today. But but some people do very badly there, and that's where like you come here, and Jericho like is reignited by just not having people telling him exactly what to say. And exactly. and so it's like, you know, you, you look at how those people transition. It, it's curious how Vicky will transition, but I feel like you're, for television, she's going to do fine. Yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I like the manager, the kind of the, you know, the role of managers in AEW at this point. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that there's a bunch of them. You know, like, oh, everybody has a manager. It's like, well, you know, because... Why not have managers? Like, there's nothing wrong with managers. So, yeah, I'm mean, mm-hmm. looking forward to see how, um, where this goes. And it's the kind of thing that can only really, you know, pump some interest into the women's division. You know, when you have someone like Vicky Guerrero involved now, who's going to probably be very nasty and saying mean things about ladies and well, you know, igniting storylines and feuds and stuff like that. And I just, I love the way that by having all these different managers, you're able to 
then just by having all these people around, if there's something that relates to like one of their, you know, historic story points or something, you just have them available to either make comments or to be like a joke part of it, like if they want to. Like and they've they've taken advantage of that already, but like just by having these people there, you know, like now all of a sudden the FTW championship is around, like because you just have Taz, like <laughs> right, exactly. And speaking of the FTW champion, the AEW championship match saw Moxley beat Cage. Um, you know, it was just it, it was what it was what it was. This was like, the one. This was the part of the show I missed. I, yeah. I I watched like all the way up to it, and I was gonna watch it, and I just never got it back around to it. I, I can't say it was a bad match. It was just wasn't anything like special necessarily. Okay. And you know, it's I don't want to say anything too drastic about it, but Mox being away even as short of a time as it was, mm. he just felt it I don't know. <laughs> it was like a little bit of the luster was gone or something. You know? Okay. Like, I don't I mean I don't know. I'm probably being over dramatic about that part of it all, but it was just kinda like, Oh, Moxley back. Yeah. I mean it Where wasn't Wearing his weird camo jeans, and <laughs> he's know, been whatever. he's been such a victim of the the COVID era, like well, with yeah. not having the crowd, like <laughs> yeah, because that's that was so much of his presentation was the way the crowd was reacting to him, the way that mm-hmm. he was coming through the crowd, like yeah, that was a huge element of it. And I feel like because, like you said, a little bit of time off, time away, like mm-hmm. we don't see him very much. That I think that might you know it might just be something that a lot of people are probably feeling the same way. I mean, I didn't go back and watch it right away. I I put a few right. days between me and the show, and then all of a sudden I forgot to go back and check it out. Well, and then let's just be honest. I don't want to call them predictable, but I don't think there was a lot of people out there that were calling for the cage victory no. either. You know. Now was it a did did the show end with Moxley having two belts? Like, are we no. seeing the continued like parody in every company again? Or no, Mox won. Taz threw in the towel. So there's also some ah. Taz might not be managing Cage anymore, but more on that. We'll figure that out. But yeah, because Cage beat Mox up after the match and the lights went out and Darby Allen appeared on the top rope and dove and struck Cage with the skateboard and uh, made the save. Nice. And yeah. So Darby Allen returned. Cage lost. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I suppose. For sure. For sure. Did, what did you think though? Like Cage, as far as how did he look? Did he? It's just the problem. The thing is, and I don't mean to harp on this, but yeah, you can't keep bringing in like monsters. This isn't the Hogan era. Yeah, you know, this is 1987, and he says 1986. You know, it's like and just having them lose. Like yeah. it's one thing. Like it makes them like oh, it makes them look like a big deal because you're giving them these title matches. It's like you know, and then they, like Brody Lee mm-hmm. you know, and. And they lose. It's like, oh, well, that was kind of maybe. Maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we shouldn't have jumped to that point as quickly as we did. You know? Like, yeah. So did I don't they, know. It's, did they do a continuation of the Brody Lee Colt Cabana storyline this week, or was that just kind of on the back burner for this week? I, didn't, I can't remember. You know, it may have. I may have not taken notes on something like that. I can't. I don't have anything here. There may have been something small. Okay. But I don't I don't remember. Just I was sitting here trying to search my mind and I'm like I don't feel like there was. It felt like they just kind of like had the week off. Maybe there was something on dark or something, but Well, yeah, that's the problem. There's always something on dark. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um so yeah, good stuff. Um we'll see what you know, what what happens now when it's just regular old dynamite. Are we just going to watch yeah. like, you know, the job matches that we've been getting <laughs> on dark or what? 
Oh. Well, so what happened on NXT then? Because they went back to regular old NXT. So. Well, I'm so glad you asked. I will tell you everything in vague detail that happened on NXT. Well, so we don't have to go into great detail. That's okay. I said vague detail. Oh, okay. My joke was lost. Um, yeah, so Keith Lee came out, and I love Keith Lee. But it's going to be interesting to see how long this can go on. He just kind of talked about, you know... How great it was to win! You know, it was, it was yeah. a very good, like, kind of babyface type of thing, and how he's going to give an opportunity to everybody. All those things mm-hmm. that, when babyface champions cut these promos, you go, "Oh yeah, this is why we don't like babyface champions." Like, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It was a, you, you almost know, good- need like they they've not really done that. Like, it's not something that NXT's been really known for doing, right? At least lately, but you almost needed like for babyface champions, you need an immediate emotional program after they right. win it to go into like something needs to happen to them right after winning it or something needs to happen with them within like the time between them and, and then getting that first promo. But yeah, cause otherwise that first promo, just like you said, it comes off as I'm establishing that I'm a fighting champion and yep. I'm not a coward. And, uh, you know, yep. I'm a hard wrestler that, that follows the rules. That is pretty much. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was his promo. Um, he even went as far like, you know, you beat any more baby face than this. he, Asked Dominic Dijakovic to come out and gave him a title match on this episode of NXT tonight. Damn. It's because of how much he respects him. It's like, very nice, but this is <laughs> unsustainable from an entertainment standpoint. Um, uh, also feels a little bit like they're continuing counter-programming of AEW that Triple H continues to deny. Well, and they put it in the middle of the show, though, which was also kind of like... It is weird. weird. But they had a scheduled women's title match. So anyway... Oh, okay. um, that happened. Damian Priest beat Cameron Grimes. Solid matchup. Um, Indy Hartwell got a bit of a upset victory over Shotzi Blackheart. So good things for her probably in the near future. <laughs> uh, those are those are two people that I just I can't believe that those those names stuck into their NXT or you know are, are their NXT names. It just well, it I mean, feels very they, yeah, those feel very much like names that you would see like on your local local indie card not not saying that I, I, I like you know i really like shotzi blackheart but just right. that name has always like struck me as like that's an old school like wrestling name and then right. indy hartwell feels very much like the same way it's like that's not a name that like i would expect any person to walk up oh hi i'm indy i saw something where i think shotzi was interviewed about like potential names if she wasn't going to be able to use that mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'm glad she got to use her name because they were all kind of like you know those generic WWE names like, <laughs> they can't help themselves <laughs> Um, yeah, Keith Lee beat Dominic Dijakovic, you know, retained his title. Really another solid match from these two guys. Um, Scarlet would appear post-match and um, brought out what looked to be pieces of like a broken clock and ah. set it down in the ring and then mysteriously walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how that went. It's just like, this is my problem. It's like, I was almost hoping that Keith Lee would just go up because this carrying cross character, I feel like is a delicate thing. Yeah. And if you do all this and then like, ah, I lost. Yeah. It's going to be like, Oh, well that, that was <laughs> less than impressive. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it puts, I feel like they're in a tough they spot. Should, Cause I also, cause I also don't want Keith Lee to lose the belt in, you know, sh- six weeks or anything. They should have stone cold show up and give him the, the smoking, go- uh, smoking skull belt. <laughs> and uh and they can just he can be the the cage of of their company he can just go up and lose to to keith right. lee and and then move on um 
No, the fair. thing about the clock, it always makes me laugh because like there's this weird connection in my brain that that has been created because of. So his name is Killer Cross, Carrion Cross now, but because mm-hmm. his name was Killer something, I always thought it was very similar to Killer Croc, and then ah. Killer Croc, there's the crocodile, which always linked to Hook, which ah. then had clocks very specifically with the crocodile and with Captain Hook. So now all of a sudden that there are broken clocks being brought out, it just like is blowing my mind because I always I couldn't get the crocodile thing out of my head already and now it feels <laughs> like they're just enforcing that. There you go, TikTok. Keith Lee also <laughs> took a pretty funny shot on Twitter this week, something about like you don't know the sound a hourglass makes because like carrying crosses like thing is TikTok, but they're always like putting hourglasses like. <laughs> So I don't know if that was part of why she came out there with the broken clock pieces. <laughs> I don't know. I was just I thought that was kind of good. Uh, Thatcher won a squash match. I love him so much. I don't know what they're going to do with him though. Um, main event: Io Shirai retained the NXT Women's Title, beating Tegan Knox. Uh, solid stuff there. Post match: Dakota I forgot Kai they were promoting that match. What's that? Said so I'd forgot that they had promoted that match. That was one that I wanted to see. I need to check that out. Yeah. And post match: Dakota Kai attacked Io Shirai. So. That's how we're booking our title matches nowadays, folks. As soon as one's over, you just go out there and you kick that person in the head when they got their <laughs> arms in the air, and then you get the next shot. It's very New Japan, man. It's very New Japan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, and like I said, the horror show, we'll talk all about that next week. I guess I'll just say uh, they had an intercontinental title match between Matt Riddle and AJ Styles on SmackDown that you know was pay-per-view quality. Good stuff there. Styles retained, so. Nice. But yeah, other than that, we'll see what happens with the horror show. Seth Rollins may have a pirate's patch when this whole thing's said and done. And uh... <laughs> the problem is, if he has a pirate's patch, it can't. It, it's not just like with with Moxley's pirate patch, where if it you know got removed or shown, then it was just right. like you know he just had to hold his eye closed. Like he's yeah. not supposed to have an eye. So anytime someone touches that thing, it's going to be like. Right. It's just like one of those things where it's like it's it's going to be seen. Like you're not going to be able to keep that gimmick up, man. They've they've been working with Tom Savini, famous you know horror movie makeup artist. Uh, you know, working with George Romero and such. He's the one that has made built all the fiend masks and stuff. So yeah, if they've got if they've got him on speed dial. Maybe he can put together some nice prosthetic that they can put on and you can he can squirt blood out of it or something. You can say that, but ever since that uh, that fiend title belt. They they've mentioned that they've got these like big name Hollywood guys that they're working with, but then we see things like fucking Rowan's big hairy spider from uh, Halloween Store Select. Listen, I don't think he would take any. I don't think that's his fault. <laughs> um, also, Sasha and Bailey could hold all of the uh, women's titles in the company after the horror show. Ah, Sasha challenging Oscar, Bailey defending her title against Nikki Cross, and then they are of course the tag champs. So. Be interesting to see if they go so, that direction. Except for like, Io Shirai's belt, then. What's that? Except for like Io Shirai's oh, belt, yeah. then. Okay. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. Now that after that Charlotte counts now, yeah. <laughs> ridiculousness, I guess all three of those titles are exactly the same. So yep. okay, fine. Whatever. There's three of them, so we can have three way matches at Night of Champions when, whenever that That's, comes up. Yeah. Damn, you're right. You're right. Um. So uh, yeah. Well, that's what's going on. We'll see what happens with the horror show. Talk about it next week. All right, sounds good. 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... That's right, Hulk. You can listen to the Golden Age of Grappling podcast any day of the week, but if you're looking for new episodes, you can check out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, or look for us on iTunes. New episodes releasing... Oh, shut up, you fat! Oh, hey, little old. Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again. 